0: Didn't care about poker
1: community. The only thing that mattered at that moment: the CFO, CEO, Chris, and me. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the money. It was never your money. That's clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the money. It was never your money. That's clear. We own the company. It was never your money. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the money. It was
0: never your money. That's clear. That's clear. That's clear. That, 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 that's clear. Talk about Daniel you know, Spetkoff. No. Or was there a discussion between you and Chris? No. Acknowledge the problems in Full Tilt Poker? No. Were you made aware of the company? No. He asked, is my money that I have in my Full Tilt account held in trust? Yes. <laughs> no. Well, no.
1: I, I think I just responded with something like, no, 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 no. Party? Party? No, 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 no. Party, party, very hard. No, 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 no. Party, party. No, 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 no. Party, party, very hard. Party, very hard. Party, party, very hard. Very party, very hard. Party, party, very hard. No matter who was actually actively culpable in creating the problem, it was never your money. We own the company. CFO, CEO, Chris and me. That's it. CFO, CEO, Chris and me, that's it. CFO, CEO, Chris and me, It's it. CFO, CEO, Chris and me, that's it. We own the company. It was never your money. They didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the money. It was never your money. That's clear. We own the company. It was never your money. They didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the money. It was never your money. That's clear. That's clear. That's clear. That, 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 that's clear. PokerStars really cares about the poker community. I think that's outrageous. I take offense, period. So you did not prioritize the players first and foremost? I think that's obvious. How's that going to get anybody paid? We had the Ponzi scheme. No single person in the world are getting paid. No, 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 no. Party? Party? No, 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 party, party, very hard No, 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 party, party, no, 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 no Party, party, very hard, party, very hard Party,
0: party, very hard, very, party, very hard Party, party, very hard, very hard Why is it taking you so long at this point to acknowledge the problems which have prevented your customers to pull over From getting the money to owe to them off of the site They didn't care, yeah. yeah. CFO, CEO, Chris
1: and me, that's it CFO, CEO, Chris and me, that's it. CFO, CEO, Chris and me, that's it. CFO, CEO, Chris and me, that's it.
2: Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show, not the Druff, Drexel, and Vowels show anymore, because as I mentioned last week, the unfortunate news that Vowels has left us indefinitely due to family problems, and I mean real family problems, not fake family problems that we invented to cover up some sort of other scandal or drama that's going on here. Uh, She's actually still part of this site, still posts here on our forum, she just can't do radio at the moment, but we hope she returns one day, and we are searching for a new third co-host. Now, what about Brandon? You haven't heard him here for a few weeks. Well, I have good news for you. If you miss Brandon, and I think most of you do, because Brandon's great on the show, Brandon is coming back tonight. He's going to come back on after the Howard Letterer segment that I'm going to do here by myself. So after I'm done with that segment, then... Brandon is going to come on And then he has to leave a little bit early too So he's coming late, he's leaving early But the bottom line is he's here And next week he should be back full time So I'm very glad to announce that Brandon's part of this show And I know a lot of people missed him for the last two weeks And he's a very important part of Poker Fraud Alert Radio And glad to still have him here And in fact I spent a lot of time this weekend with Brandon uh, Went to a Don Hanley concert with him Spent a lot of time with him uh, elsewhere Went to a pretty good brunch with him on Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, I enjoy spending time with Brandon. He really is my friend. Some people think we just do this radio show because, uh, you know, we're good on the radio together, but we really don't like each other that much outside the radio. It's totally not true. And, uh, you know, Brandon and I are friends in real life and on this show. And I'm glad to have him back here. And even when he was off the show, uh, that never affected our friendship. Um, I know a lot of you don't give a crap about that But, uh, you know, I get tweets sometimes And Brandon gets tweets sometimes That uh, imply there's some no sort of drama here That there really isn't So Brandon is still part of the show And he will be for the foreseeable future Anyway, the big topic tonight Howard Letterer Doing parts 3 through 7 Of his interview with Poker News He actually did them all at once All seven parts But Poker News released them kind of Like every day or so Last week we only had parts 1 and 2, which I played clips of, I analyzed, and uh, this week we're doing parts 3 through 7. We'll get to that. Um, We're also going to have maybe a call with Ken Scaler tonight, find out what's going on with him, Uh, talk about gutshot.com and an update with them, the merch skin that is not paying people and in fact had been shut down for quite some time, and uh, we'll also talk about whatever else we feel like talking about plenty of things going on in poker oh i forgot uh the lock poker 120k theft a player on lock poker had 120k stolen from him through the use of a keylogger. this is not lock poker's fault for once lock Poker's innocent it just happened to be their site where it occurred but it wasn't their fault it was the player's fault and of course the fault of the hacker who stole from him so we'll hear about that and uh But of course, the main feature tonight, Howard Letterer, and parts three through seven, be doing the same clip thing I did last week. And then after this week, we'll be done with that subject unless something new and interesting happens with that story. So let's get right into that. Uh, There is a tournament tonight, but unfortunately, we started the show late, so the tournament's already going. So if you're part of the tournament, the twenty-dollar free roll, ten for first, five for second, five for third, then good luck and. If you missed it, if you're not registered yet, unfortunately it's too late, but we will have another one next week. Anyway, let's get into the Letterer stuff right now. So last week on the show, we analyzed parts one and two of the Howard Letterer interview. That was all that was available at that time. In fact, they had just come out that day. The other five parts of the interview all came out in the week since we did our last show, and obviously going through them with the detail I did for the first two parts would take a very very long time since we took about an hour and 20 minutes to do it last week and if you multiply that by two and a half it'll become just four hours by itself so I I don't want to do that as much as a lot of you have interest in this topic I think that's a little bit of overkill and I also noticed by watching the interviews parts three through seven a lot of the same themes were kind of repeated there was new information but a lot of the same stuff was kind of Repeated just in different ways. There's only so long you can talk about the same subject. And seven hours, uh, which is the length of that interview, uh, definitely repeated some material. So I'm going to go over the highlights of parts three through seven in this. I'm going to play Howard Letterer clips. I'm going to give you my opinions. And uh, if you want to watch the interviews yourself, it's very easy to find them on the web. Just type in Letterer files in YouTube and you can watch all seven parts for yourself. So these are going to be the highlights, the most important parts of the parts 3 through 7. If you want to hear my reviews and commentary on parts 1 and 2, go back and listen to last week's show at the beginning. So here's how we're talking about the backlog. And for those of you that don't know, the backlog is the situation that occurred at Full Tilt where they accepted deposits from people without actually collecting the money from the people's bank accounts because they didn't have a payment processor that uh, was operational at the time so they were just kind of floating these player deposits and pretending they got the money when they really didn't so that's what they called the backlog and it kept building up and building up as they were unable to get a payment processor so this is howard telling us about the backlog and about the decision to make one and what his part of it was
1: a decision to embark on allowing these transactions to go on for what must have been maybe some months mm-hmm. and to uh, rise into the nine-figure range. That absolutely should have been a board decision, and we were not brought into that decision process at all.
2: So here we go, and this is, I think, the reason Howard's doing the interview. This is really the reason right here is that he wants to take the culpability away from himself and drop it into the lap of others, such as Ray Bittar. So he said here that it should have been a board decision to create this backlog, and that he was unaware that a decision to embark on allowing these transactions that would rise into the nine-figure range, meaning over $100 million, should have been a board decision, and we weren't brought into that decision process. So he's, he's pretty much putting it all on Ray Bittar, that he decided to create this backlog, which is what's blamed for bringing down Full Tilt, which isn't completely true. There was a backlog, but that's a myth about Full Tilt, is that the backlog is what brought them down. The backlog was one of several factors that brought them down, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, I don't believe for a second that Howard was unaware that this backlog existed. I think he wasn't aware... To the extent it existed, I think that uh, he might have thought it was not as bad as it was, but I'm sure he knew it existed, and this is his attempt to put the blame upon Ray Bittar. So check out this next clip, talking about February 1st, 2011, when the whole company was crashing down, and Howard still is claiming to have some ignorance about the whole issue.
0: In February, February 1st, specifically according to the, the DOJ's indictment, Um, against Batar and Burtnick.
1: February 1st, okay.
0: Um, Ray Bitar receives a projection from his financial staff warning him that full-tilt poker would run out of all cash within months. How is it possible that something as dire as this was not brought to the board's attention, to the shareholders' attention? Really, it doesn't seem like anyone from this team, the, the financial team, kind of stepped up and said anything at this point. And, and certainly Ray or, or Gil Coronado at this point need to be concerned about a projection that says they're going to run out of cash in months. Do you, I mean, now kind of putting the, the date February 1 together, I mean, can you recall Ray being his mood being any any bit peculiar at this time I mean was there any knowledge you know to you or or anyone other than this kind of small group that's listed here that there was a problem of this magnitude
1: no ray ray's mood i mean i just he didn't let on that this was going on mm-hmm. um You know, you you didn't ask me if I was given that report. You know, like, obviously I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and how is it possible? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, you're asking me to speculate.
2: So more I don't know's from Howard, and I think this is a very familiar theme throughout this interview. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You're asking me to speculate. I don't know. I think whenever he says that, he does know. I think when he uses the words I don't know it means I really do know but I either can't tell you I'm afraid to tell you I feel uncomfortable telling you or I'm afraid I'll incriminate myself by telling you. I believe that Howard was not as aware as Ray Bittar was as to the true state of full tilt poker but I don't believe that he was completely in the dark and that he was really letting Ray run it in a black box to where he just didn't know these things were occurring to where he didn't know there was trouble to where he didn't know that they were spending player deposits and to where he did not know that the company had any kind of trouble I don't believe that I I believe that Ray probably found a way to justify what was going on I believe Ray probably convinced him it's going to be fine that they have such a steady income coming in that they can be in the hole like they were and come out of it fine But um, I don't believe this was a surprise to him, like he claims it was. Now here's Howard Ledward talking about the date of April 7th, just eight days before Black Friday, April 7th, 2011, when he found out from Ray Bittar while he was in Dublin the true situation as to what was going on at Full Tilt.
1: On the night of the 7th, I was at Ray's house, and he told me, that there was a nine-figure backlog. I think the number he gave me at that time was, and I'm not sure, I don't want to speculate. It was big, it was over
0: $100 what, What are your reactions when he tells you this?
1: I was shocked and upset. And Chris was in the house at the time, and I called Chris over, and I said, kind of to Ray, like, can you tell me what you just told, I mean, can you tell Chris what you just told me?
0: Was, was he uncomfortable talking about this? Was, was Ray could, did, did Ray know at this point, like, hey, this is something that I've almost been kind of keeping from you guys that you need to know about now?
1: It felt like that to me. I don't know.
0: What was Chris's
1: response? Chris was not happy. Um, the information was given to us not in the context of the company is in terrible financial distress, Now It was just, hey, there have been these deposits that we have credited to customers and we have been unable to collect. It was also, um, we were told that the number had been higher and was coming down, which meant that the the current capacity of the company to handle processing actually outstripped the demand for the deposits, I guess, so that the backlog was being cleared
2: All right, let me stop this here because there's a lot to take in from this little clip. So Howard is claiming on April 7th, just eight days before Black Friday, that he and Chris Ferguson found out from Ray Batar when they were both in Dublin that there was this hundred-plus million-dollar backlog. And not only was there this backlog, but uh, Ray did not present this as the company being in trouble, it's just, it was a backlog, and they were in the process of clearing the backlog, because now they had a processor, and now they were able to process payments again. And at the very end of this clip, you heard that the money coming in from the deposits was outstripping, as he called it, the cash-outs. So basically, they were taking in more money than they were paying out. It was paying down the backlog, and Ray presented that as fine. Now, let me tell you what I believe really happened there. First of all, I don't think he's making this up. It's very hard to make something up with this much detail. I don't think he fabricated this whole thing. I believe that Howard and Chris were in Dublin on April 7th, 2011. I believe there was some conversation about the backlog. I believe it was probably on April 7th when they were told that the backlog was over $100 million. I-, I believe all these things. What I don't believe is that it was a complete shock. I don't believe that Howard and Chris just found out that they were doing this. And I don't believe that Howard and Chris just kind of accepted that this was all going to be fine without thinking about it. I'm sure there was a detailed discussion about what they're going to do, where it's going to go from that point. And I have a feeling that they were both fine with Ray's statement that it's being paid down. That they get so many deposits that even though $100 million sounds like a lot of money, that it will go down pretty fast and all they have to do is outpace the cash outs and the company will be back on its feet. And again, I don't think that Howard was blindsided by this. I don't think that he just learned about this for the first time on April 7th, 2011. I think he just learned that it was worse than he had originally thought it was but i do believe that he knew the company was underwater i do believe that he and chris both knew that they had spent player deposits and that uh... it wasn't just because of the backlog that the company was actually spending player deposits using it as their money and that all they had to do as he said in this clip that was a very telling end of the clip that they just have to outpace the cash outs and as long as they can take money in faster than people are asking for their money then that's all they need it doesn't matter what they really have on hand All that matters is that they can keep cashing people out and nobody will be the wiser. And that that pretty much sums up in one sentence the way that Full Tilt was being run. I want to say one more thing about April 7th, 2011. That date is only eight days before Black Friday. And you have to wonder, how come they found out about how bad a shape Full Tilt was in just eight days before Black Friday hit? Isn't that convenient that Howard only had eight days before he had to react to the next huge crisis to where it almost takes the blame off his shoulders because if he just found out on April 7th that uh, they had this backlog and that the company was in trouble and then eight days later Black Friday hits and they can no longer take in the deposits that uh, they were taking before to save themselves you know who could blame him he, he was in the dark and before he could fix anything or do anything about it then Black Friday hit and, and knocked the whole company on its ear so is he making up this April, April 7th date or is that really the date he found out? Well, if you take a look at the interview, Howard seems to remember some things really well, like the date April 7th. How does he know April 7th so well? How does he remember that exact date that he was there hearing from Ray Batar about the company's troubles, and yet he doesn't know Daniel Svetkov He doesn't know him, but he knows the date April 7th. So Howard has very, very selective memory. It's either really, really good where he remembers really, really fine details like the date and where he was when he was told something but he remembers very little about things like payment processing or payment processors that cheated the company out of like $100 million. Somehow he doesn't know who did that but he knows the date he was at Ray Bittar's house when he heard about this backlog. So I think that Howard is purposely throwing out this April 7th date in order to make him seem less culpable. I'm not saying that there wasn't a conversation on April 7th. There probably was. But when Howard thought about his defense, because he's thought very carefully about what he's going to say in this interview. He's thought very carefully about what his defense is going to be. He thought about the date April 7th, and that since he really had a conversation on April 7th, since on April 7th he probably really did hear from Ray Bittar that the situation was worse than he thought it was, that this would be the perfect excuse to put it all into Ray's lap because Howard just didn't have time to react he just didn't have any time to do anything about it so that's why Howard focuses in on things that make him look good that give him excuses and he doesn't know or he forgets about things that make him look bad or that are very difficult to answer now at the end of part 3 of the interview Howard is talking about the press release that Full Tilt put out after Black Friday Because if you remember, Howard found out about this backlog on April 7th, and then on April 15th, just eight days later, Black Friday hit, the government busted Full Tilt and Poker Stars and seized their domains. And Full Tilt put out a press release acknowledging that this had happened and telling everyone that their money was safe. So here is Howard describing the press release and how he felt about it.
1: I know that the purpose of that press release was very simple. It was... um to acknowledge that the indictments had happened and to inform our customers that we were going to cease operations in the United States and I know at the end of that statement I believe there there was some reference to the fact that everyone's money was safe and secure. Mm -hmm. That was clearly inaccurate. Um, I can tell you that I was one of many people on that call, the CFO was on that call, and I had no idea on April 15th that that was not a true statement. And I'm very disappointed that I think some people that should have known that it was not a true statement allowed it to be made.
2: What? What? So Howard thought on April 15th that everyone's money was safe and that it was... Other people's responsibility, who knew better than he did that the money wasn't safe, to tell the truth. But that when Full Tilt made that press release, when they made that statement, that Howard himself believed it to be true, that everyone's money was safe. But wait a minute, Howard. You heard eight days before that that there was a hundred-plus-million-dollar backlog. So how exactly is everyone's money safe if there was such a backlog of money never collected from the players? And obviously you weren't going to be collecting it at that point, now that Black Friday is hit, how can you sign off on a statement that everyone's money is safe? And better yet, Howard, how can you not know what the financial situation of the company is between these two huge events, between hearing about the backlog and between Black Friday happening? How do you not demand an accurate and detailed accounting of how much money the company has at the moment? that you want to see it all, even if you want to claim Ray Bittar kept you in the dark and Ray Bittar lied to you or made things seem better than they were and you kind of closed your eyes for a few months, now that these big things are happening, now that you hear there's a backlog of $100-plus now that Black Friday has occurred, now that you've got to make a statement to the players about how safe their money is, don't you think that you would know yourself, given your position at full tilt, don't you think you would know at this point what is the situation? You wouldn't just let them speak for you without knowing, without having a certainty as to what's really going on at this company, to where you hold such a high position, to where you own such a large piece, I don't think anybody buys that when till put out that statement about people's money being safe, that Howard really believed it to be true. There's no way. There's no way that he thought that was true, but they had to put that statement out because they wanted to keep operating for rest-of-the-world players. And this was Full Tilt's plan, that they would keep operating, they would act like everything's fine, they're just going to shut out the U.S. players to keep the U.S. government off their ass, serve rest of the world players, and through the rest of the world players, get those deposits in, fix the backlog, and then everything will be okay. Uh, but of course it was more than a backlog. The backlog doesn't cover anywhere near the money that was actually gone from Full Tilt. It was a combination of the backlog and just the spending of player deposits either on distributions or, or other areas and they just didn't have any money anymore so their plan was to quietly rebuild their money and pretend like they have it and pretend that there's unforeseen issues preventing the distribution of this money and try to stall this as long as possible and hope nobody catches on That, that I'm sure that was the plan I'm sure that was what they were discussing on the conference call I'm sure on the conference call Howard and Chris and, and Rafe, if he was there, I'm sure he was there, even though Howard said in that interview he wasn't sure if Rafe was there, and, um, and of course Ray Batar, I'm sure that they all wanted to figure out the best way to keep everyone in the dark, to keep operating, and to get the company back above water without anyone being the wiser. That, I'm sure, was the discussion, and the press release was part of getting that done. So part four was mainly about the fallout from Black Friday from when Black Friday occurred all the way to about two weeks after that and how the company handled it and how they broke it to the other shareholders about what was really going on with their cash situation. Howard claims it was not till April 21st, six days after Black Friday, that he found out how bad it really was and that it was a $250 million hole that Full Tilt was in. Let's hear about how he describes how he found that out and what his reaction was.
1: It doesn't look good on the 20th, but the 21st is the day that the final report, we're able to just put it all together and kind of just put a number. And again, it's not an exact number, but it's a horrific number. It doesn't matter if it's exact. Um, And probably that number in terms of the difference between um, what was... Owed to the players and cash on hand was about $250 million, I believe, at that time.
0: When you first see that number, I mean, are you thinking, okay, this is clearly a mistake? Or are you fairly confident now that, like, through we this We were process- really thorough.
1: We had to, you know... No, I never thought it was a mistake. There was only one number that I thought was a mistake. And that was um, when we ran the report on the backlog and we tried to determine what negative net effect the backlog would have on our cash coverage. And we determined that um, out of a backlog of 134 million, uh, that only about 10 million of that money would be, was still sitting in the accounts of the players that had made those deposits. And we were, I must admit, I was floored by that number. That seemed like a very low number, but you know, it's the best argument for skill in poker.
2: So Howard says that the $250 million shortfall Between the cash on hand and what they owe to the players He didn't even think that was a mistake He wasn't even shocked by that Which adds more evidence to the pile That Howard knew that they had a shortfall already Even ignoring the backlog It adds evidence to the pile that Howard knew That they never had the player deposit money on hand to begin with, before the backlog occurred. And that um, when they said, hey, it's $250 million, that's what we're down here, that's what we're going to have to get back somehow to pay everybody, uh, he wasn't shocked by that. He didn't think it was a mistake. He never said, hey, go back and run those numbers again, make sure it's right. How could it be that much? He said the only surprise was that of the $134 million, which was the figure they got from the backlog, of the $134 million of deposits that they never actually got the money for from the payment processors, that only $10 million was still in the accounts of those players that had deposited, and the other $124 million had been either won by their opponents or collected through Rake. So they really could only collect $10 million of those dollars back by taking that money out of those players' accounts, leave them on the hook for $124 million. And he said that was the big surprise. And he says, oh, well, that's an argument for skill in poker. Well, great. Thank you, Howard. Yes, we've learned that the best players in poker, the winning players, the top few percent of all poker players tend to win all the money. Because what happens is money filters up from the lower limits, the people who beat those games move up to the middle limits, and then the people who beat those games move up to the higher limits, and it all kind of filters to the top while also being greatly reduced by the rake. That's where the poker money goes in the poker economy, to both the best players and to the poker rooms. This has been known for quite some time. I don't see why they were even shocked that of $134 million of backlog deposits that uh, only $10 million remained in the accounts of those who had deposited, because the people depositing are typically the people who are losing, and the people who are withdrawing and not depositing are the winning players. So that's, that's not even that much of a surprise to me. But who cares? Who cares if it was a surprise to him about how much money had been won by the winning players versus the losing players, um, he was not shocked. He did not think it was a mistake. He did not think it was a surprise that they owed $250 million to the players, that they spent $250 million of player money. Now think of that number, $250 million and the backlog is $134 million. So where is the other $116 million, or Actually, it would be $126 because they still had $10 million in the player accounts of which they hadn't actually debited uh, the people's bank accounts so they could always take that money back out of their, their uh, full-tilt bankrolls. Where did the other $126 million come from? And the answer was it came from the distributions and other reckless expenditures by full-tilt. They treated player money as their money that they could borrow from and use whenever they wanted as long as people were not requesting cash outs that exceeded what they had continually coming in from deposits and that's the way they operated full tilt and if you think Howard did not know this if you think Chris did not know this then you're a fool they definitely knew this they definitely knew that was going on and they may not have known how bad a shape the company was in they may not have known that the company was on the verge of collapse they may not have known that uh, one incident like Black Friday and the whole thing comes crashing down but they knew they knew the operating procedures of the company and I'm sure about that and Howard's lack of surprise about that $250 million number should tell you that So here's an interesting question posed by the Poker News interviewer to Howard regarding why they continued to operate for rest of the world players after Black Friday knowing that they were broke and were unable to pay any of these players who would have wanted their money and let's hear what Howard had to say about that.
0: You know, the company continues to operate outside of the U.S., collecting deposits from rest role players, full well knowing that they don't have the funds on hand. There, are you know, massive shortfall at this point. Did you feel that it was the right thing to do to continue to operate at that point?
1: Okay, so, well...
0: First of all, I think we've skipped ahead
1: a little bit. We've just gotten the news. We had that board meeting. And what I can tell you is that both Bob and Rafe immediately got on a plane. I think, I think Ian did as well. And we just, everyone convened in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And it was all about, um, you're, you're still trying to wrap your head around the situation. It's overwhelming. Um, but it's all about trying to Uh, find a solution and knowing that the only way that we're going to solve this problem is to preserve the assets of the company the very valuable assets of the company and use those assets to affect some sort of a transaction that's going to inject enough cash into the company or sell the company outright to somebody that's Mm -hmm. going to make sure that our customers get paid. That we knew how that's going to happen We're just starting to try and wrap our head around the problem.
2: So as you heard, Howard did not want to answer that question, because it's a very tough question, and there's no answer. The answer is they continue to operate knowing full well. Now, Howard can't claim at that point he did not know. He knew everything at that point. I'm sure he knew everything before that point, but now he's admitting to knowing everything by that point. And he knew full well that they did not have the money to pay the players that were depositing and continuing to play on full tilt from outside the U.S., but they were continuing to still serve these players and let them believe that their money was safe and sound. And there's no excuse for that, and they can't pretend that they thought something else. They can't pretend that there really was the money there or that Howard thought the money was there because here's Howard telling everyone that they had a meeting where they basically admitted that the company was broke. And if you listen to what he said at the end of this clip that they needed to preserve their assets and perform transactions to get themselves out of this hole. And what he's trying to say without directly saying it is that they discovered that their only way out of this whole mess was to lie to the remaining players who could still deposit money on full tilt, meaning people outside the U.S., lie to them, get them to deposit, and hopefully get enough deposits from the rest of the world players to pay back the U.S. players before anyone figured out what was really going on. So, I mean, they lied and cheated everyone. And uh, (laughs) Howard's defending it somehow about uh, we're we're taking our assets and leveraging those and preserving them uh, to, to, to enact transactions. No, 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 Howard, you're lying. You lied to the rest of the world players that you had the money to pay them out, that their money was safe. And it wasn't. Their money was gone. And they would not have played, they would not have deposited had they known the true situation. All these people outside the U.S. who deposited to full tilt after April 15, 2011, did so based upon a lie that you were happy to tell. And there's no way around that. Now, I'm sure you lied to people. I'm sure you covered up the truth prior to April 15th regarding the U.S. player's plight. But here you're pretty much admitting that you knew the company had no money but that the rest of the world was going to bail the company out through this little plan. And that's what you were doing, there's no way around it, and it shows what a dishonest piece of shit you really are. And and what a dishonest piece of shit the rest of the full-tilt board were uh, for doing this. To the rest of the world players, and of course to the U.S. players as well, spending their money. So, this, in a nutshell, shows your character and the company's character, and instead of just giving up and admitting defeat, admitting that you screwed up and spent everyone's money... And stop the bleeding, at least. Stop continuing to damage people, innocent people who are trusting you. You continue to damage the rest of the world players even more after Black Friday to try to get yourself out of the hole. It's like you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's, it's a classic case of that. Now, the funny thing is Howard actually did present a real solution that would have been the honest way of dealing with things. It may have been honesty after dishonesty, but at least if they came clean to the players... If they came clean and admitted, we blew all your money, no money's left, sorry, we can't pay you, but we're going to immediately sell Full Tilt to a more responsible company who will build it up from the ground and get everyone paid back. And that is our focus. We're going to let go of everything. We're going to completely sell all of our interests. Every single owner is going to get together. We're going to sell everything we own in the company to someone else and let them take over and let them run it. Pretty much what ended up happening with PokerStars buying them this year. But they didn't want to do that. They did not want to give up and sell the company. Instead, they wanted to lie to the rest of the world and get them to keep depositing to be able to preserve their ownership. That's what he means by preserve their assets. He means preserve their ability to own the company, to not give up, to not liquidate the company and use that money to pay the players, or liquidate the company and partially use that money to pay the players and partially allow that new company to pay the players. They they did not want to do that. They wanted to keep it in their grubby little hands and dodge what had really happened and mislead everyone. Continue gambling with other people's money. That's what Howard wanted to do. That's what he was talking about there. Now, between April 25th and April 27th was when the full-tilt shareholders were told about what was really going on. The public was not told at all. The public was lied to, and the public was misled, so people would keep depositing and playing from the rest of the world. But the shareholders found out between April 25th and 27th now, if you remember from last week, from Parts 1 and 2, Perry Friedman was one of the people who was very anti-Ray Bittar. He was one of the people who stood up and claimed that Ray was not managing Full Tilt properly. He was very anti-Ray, as was John Juwanda. They appear to be the only two good guys in this situation. But uh, Perry Friedman... When this call was made, when this conference call was made to describe the entire problem that was occurring there and the fact that the company was out of money, Perry Friedman had his lawyer speak for him. And listen to Howard's reactions to that. Listen to how angry he still is about the fact that Perry Friedman had his lawyer on, despite the fact that Full had their own lawyers on the phone. Uh, for some reason, this really bothered Howard that Perry brought his lawyer into this.
1: When we got to Perry Friedman. Um, he didn't answer, his lawyer answered. And his lawyer informed everyone on the call that he was representing Mr. Friedman on the call that, um, and that Mr. Friedman was listening in on the call but was not participating in the call because he had not been given proper notice mm-hmm. for the call. I just, I'm sure I kind of like face palmed at that point. I just, I was, I was just very concerned about the chilling effect that members like that would have on the group as a functioning entity. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was very important for the group to function as an entity if we were going to solve our problems. Um, I know that by the time the second call rolled around, we probably had nine or ten individual attorneys representing members on that call.
2: <laughs> Can you believe that? Can you believe that Howard Letterer was actually face-palming when Perry Friedman wanted his lawyer on the call? Even though Full Tilt had their lawyers on the line. And then Howard was angry that Perry having his lawyer there created an environment where the owners of Full Tilt were not acting as a single entity that they weren't all acting as one. Well, Howard, how did you guys get into this whole situation in the first place? Were you guys acting as one by hiding what you were really doing with the player money from the other shareholders? Do you realize that the fact that this whole thing happened was because Full Tilt Poker was never acting as one entity with its owners? There were two entities. There was the board, which is Ray Bittar, and you, and Rafe, and Chris... And then there was everyone else who owned part of the company, but their input was not respected, their decisions were not respected, their opinions were not respected, and you guys blew the money, you guys ruined the company, and then you break the news to them on April twenty fifth, 2011. Uh, sorry guys, uh, we've ruined the company, we've spent all the money, we can't pay the players, everyone's gonna hate you, the company value is zero now. Sorry about that, but... Let's all act as one individual unit. Let's act as one. Let's not be a bunch of angry owners that the board screwed them. Let's be one group of owners, all standing together. Even though we screwed you all, stand together with us and let's all solve it together. What a freaking joke. There should have been facepalming on that call, but the facepalming should have been all the full till shareholders against Howard and Chris and Rafe and Ray Bittar, the face palming should have been done by the shareholders, not by Howard. Howard, you caused the problem. You can't be angry at people like Perry Friedman for getting their lawyer involved because you screwed them. Unbelievable. And that's—I mean, this is his interview now, a year and a half later. This isn't him face palming at the time. He still feels that face palm was justified. He still thinks he should be face palming Perry for not encouraging all of the owners to act together for not encouraging everyone to stand behind him when you screw someone you can't expect them to stand behind you on your future decisions when you cheat someone and when you cheat millions of people you can't expect other people who are your partners to want to stand behind you anymore you can't expect them to want to act as one you can expect them to want to act in their own interests and not yours unbelievable Now, Howard wants to convince the people watching this that there were two groups of people as far as full-tilt owners were concerned. There was one group that was a selfless group of people that all they wanted to do was see the customers get paid, and then there was another group of asshole owners who just wanted to point fingers and say who they think is at fault, but they didn't give a crap about who got paid. That's according to Howard Lederer. That's not what I believe to really be the case. I do think there were two groups of people, but not exactly in the way Howard described it.
1: There were a number of owners, I felt like, that understood that. There were a number of owners that were always just saying, look, we have to do whatever is necessary to make sure our customers get paid. And we had another group of owners that were much more interested in trying to figure out who was at fault. Mm-hmm.
2: So first of all, the group of owners that he's referring to as the ones that wanted to figure out who's at fault, he's talking about people like Perry Friedman, John Juwanda, ones like that ones who were always against the way the Full Tilt was being run and now were rightfully pissed off that the company got not only run into the ground but stole everyone's money and when he's saying that there was the first group of owners who just wanted to make sure everyone got paid that sounds like a noble intention until you think more about what he's really saying here he's trying to say there's one group of owners That wanted to do whatever it took Even if it meant lying to people And cheating more people In order to give the company a chance To survive Under the current ownership That's what he's trying to say There were some of us who were willing to lie to the rest of the world players Who were willing to cover up the true situation From the public In order to keep Full Tilt still running Smoothly under the current ownership So the gravy train would not get derailed That's what Howard's trying to say here He was part of that group There was a second group who was so pissed that this all happened that they wanted some heads to roll for this because they knew that everything had fallen apart. They knew that it was over. They knew it was done. These owners did not want the company to continue lying to people and cheating people. Those are the people that Howard does not like. Those are the people that Howard is criticizing here. And he's doing it under the guise of saying, these people did not want to see the players being paid while I did. While the people that were in my camp just wanted to do whatever it takes to get people paid. But what is whatever it takes? Does that mean lying to more people? Does that mean lying and stealing from Peter to pay Paul? Because that's what he was trying to do. And that's not a noble undertaking. That's a selfish undertaking. That's an undertaking of someone who wants to preserve their ownership in the company and not take responsibility for what has happened. In Part 5, Howard is once again asked by the Poker News interviewer as to why they accepted international players' deposits after April 15th, Black Friday, when the company was essentially broke. That the company had less than $5 million cash and how they could continue taking these deposits and lying to the international players that their money was safe. Listen to Howard avoid answering this question once again.
0: Ray states that the company couldn't even afford a $5 million run on the bank. At this point, point, I mean, isn't it negligent for the company to continue processing these transactions? I, I of course, thought about it.
1: A lot. Um, I remember in April calling for sort of Bankruptcy counsel. You know, get some lawyers on the phone that are expert in bankruptcy law and just ask them some simple questions. Are we bankrupt? You know, the answer to that question was no. Um, but that you were, um, I guess it's, gonna it be insolvent? Um, you know, but that clearly there, are, there is there's a big hole and that it, you need to have a plan for solving it, or you, or you are going to end up in bankruptcy.
2: <laughs> so Howard says, I, of course, thought about it, and then goes on to give this convoluted story about how they consulted bankruptcy attorneys and asked, are we bankrupt? The attorneys supposedly said no, and then Howard decided that something has to be done to plug the hole in the company, otherwise they will end up bankrupt. So that's his answer. He He didn't want to answer directly, how could you be accepting deposits from people when the company's on the brink of failure and accept these deposits under false pretenses? And his answer is, we had to plug a hole or we're going to end up bankrupt. And bankruptcy attorney said, we're not bankrupt yet. That was the reason it was okay to lie to the rest of the world players and accept their money in the attempt to rebuild the company through those deposits from players who really thought that money was going to be safe. Now, you keep hearing talk about two camps, and I should explain a little bit more before we go on with the rest of this interview. This dates back way, way before Full Tilt Poker ever even existed. Uh, As some of you might remember, Daniel Negreanu was very anti-Annie Duke from the moment he met her. Basically, she didn't treat him well when he was a nobody in poker and she was a somebody, and he remembered that. And from then on, he hated her, and he made... A lot of nasty posts about her Going all the way back to Wreck Gambling Poker the, the news group that preceded 2 plus 2 And as a result Since he hated Annie And since Howard is Annie's brother He and Howard didn't get along either So I, I think in fact This is a good reason why Negranu never was invited to be part of Full Tilt Because of Howard's Very strong association with Full Tilt And uh, his high position there And high percentage ownership uh, Negranu was just never included the reason I'm mentioning Negranu is because he is friends with some of the people who now are at very much odds with Howard Lederer. I'm talking about John Jawanda. I'm talking about uh, Phil Ivey. And these guys have been longtime friends of Negranu's. And Negranu, in fact, wrote a blog recently defending these guys for their side, for their role in the whole Full Tilt scandal. And of course,. Negranu has been slamming Chris Ferguson He's been slamming Howard Lederer Every chance he gets And rightfully so I agree with Negranu And his take on this In fact, Negronu, uh The guy's kept his hands clean Through all this crap And he's kept his hands clean Pretty much with everything he's done And when he's come out and criticized people Like, uh, you know, Annie Took for UB And Howard for Full Tilt I mean, he's right on Now, it's true that he sometimes goes easy On those that are his friends Like, he's friends with Phil Helmuth I'm talking about Negranu here, and he never criticized Helmuth for his role in UB. But uh, you know, we're getting off topic here a bit. The reason I'm bringing all of this up is because you'll hear in this upcoming clip that Howard Letterer is slamming Phil Ivy. He's going off on Ivy about Ivy's lawsuit. If you remember last year, Ivy wanted out of his contract. From Full Tilt Poker, because he knew the truth, he knew that they were insolvent, he knew that the company was a disaster, he wanted to get off that sinking ship and sign somewhere else, and Howard did not want to let him do that, nor did anyone who was in Howard's camp, so not only did that occur, but Howard is now happy to come on this interview and make Ivy seem like a bad guy. And while I agree that Ivy did this for selfish reasons, Ivy at the time claimed he was doing this because he's so outraged about the players not getting paid. I believe that Ivy did this for selfish reasons, but listen to Howard try to pretend like Ivy's selfish, and he isn't.
0: Surely, you know, at this point, Phil understands the the, the circumstance of, of the shortfall. He understands how much money the company has on hand.
1: Absolutely, all of those things. The... He, he, he was also told that, that this wasn't just a matter of the assets being devalued—that he would, that his lawsuit, if he were to sue us, would be would be actively devaluing the asset.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That the that the that the knock-on effect of that lawsuit potentially—we didn't know—but potentially could uh, shake any faith that was left in the brand.
2: <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on here, Howard. Hang on. So you're saying that Phil Ivey should not have sued Full Tilt. He should not have commenced this lawsuit because it would devalue the company and shake the public's faith in Full Tilt poker. Well, now that we know everything, now that we know that Full Tilt was broke and that Full Tilt was lying to their remaining players that could still play on the site about how much money they had and their ability to pay people, why should people have had faith in the company? If people knew the truth, no one would have had faith in the company. I mean, um, are you saying that Phil Ivey's lawsuit would make people see the true situation? Would make them understand the true full tilt? It would devalue the brand because Ivey's jumping ship and that something must be wrong? Well, he's jumping ship because something was wrong. He's jumping ship because you guys stole all the money. Because the company was broke. So, uh, he doesn't want to be associated with it anymore. He wants to go sign with Poker Stars or whoever else, or at least give himself the opportunity to. And disassociate himself with a company that has done such terrible things to the poker community and you're mad about this you think he doesn't have a right to want to get away from that you think that phil Ivey's lawsuit would devalue the company make it look worse in the public's eyes it looks like that lawsuit would wake the public up more to what was really going on there so you wanted the public to be asleep you wanted the public not to know And while I don't think Ivy was doing this for the good of the people, if the net effect was letting the people know the truth, how is that a bad thing? Except for you. Now listen in this next clip how angry Howard gets when the Poker News interviewer brings up the fact that a lot of fellow poker players were commending Ivy for his lawsuit and for his standing up in public to the situation at full tilt and claiming that he was against it. And how he says it was outrageous and that he took offense to anyone that thought Ivy was doing the right thing. A lot
0: of, a lot of the poker community and, and, and kind of players were commending Phil Ivy at this point for standing up against full till poker. and. You
1: know, I think that's outrageous. I take offense to anyone that thinks that that's the case. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't speaking out for anybody except himself. Period. He had a moral obligation to the poker community to do everything that he could to, at very least, not damage the company that he had so greatly profited from.
2: Wow. All I can say there is wow. Did you hear that? He said he wasn't speaking out for anyone except himself. Period. He had a moral obligation to the poker community to do everything he could at the very least, not damage the company that he so greatly profited from. Well, you're right, he did greatly profit from Full Tilt. Reports were saying that Ivy was getting something like a million dollars a month from Full Tilt from his large percentage ownership. However, even though Ivy should have been more involved, even though he should have been more active in understanding what was happening at the company given the piece that he owned, um, you know Phil Ivy. Phil Ivy, all he cares about is going out and gambling like a degenerate going to clubs, whatever. He, he's not a, a business type of guy. So, I believe, I really do believe that Ivy had no clue. And even Lederer seems to be not indicting Ivy in that. He's not claiming that Ivy knew the whole time. He's he's pretty much letting that go as a correct assumption. So, I, I think Howard's lack of statements about Ivy knowing anything, since he really clearly doesn't like Ivy from what you can hear in this interview, uh, the fact that he's not claiming that ivy knew about any of this uh probably speaks well for ivy being ignorant to it i will say that ivy was in a way willfully ignorant that he should have kept up on it he should have known he should have uh, demanded to know the way the company was running uh by ivy's personality at least i can say that he wasn't actively trying to not know or aware of it so that makes him a lot more innocent here not completely innocent but a lot more innocent now howard on the other hand he knew It's very clear he knew if you listen to this interview It's very clear if you look at the facts that Howard knew And he's saying that Ivy owed it to the poker community To basically lie to everyone To basically not do anything to make Full Tilt look bad So people will have misplaced trust in Full Tilt Because he's saying if Ivy sues them That'll make everyone think that Full Tilt is fallen apart And they won't want to put money in there So he wants Ivy to stay quiet So everyone is blissfully ignorant About what's really happening over at that company and that Ivy owes it to the poker community to lie to them. These aren't his words, but that's what he's trying to say. Ivy owed it to everyone to not make waves, to not let people know what's really happening there, and this way, everyone could get paid back. Never mind the fact that the best way to get everyone paid back would be to admit what was going on and sell the company as soon as possible, and not try to salvage it by lying to people to get them to deposit under false circumstances. But that's the way Howard thought it should be handled And he really thought that Ivy Owed it to everybody To lie to them Amazing Here the Poker News interviewer asks Howard If Ray Bittar was still taking a salary After Black Friday All the way up until when the company was sold And listen to Howard being very uncomfortable With the question and finally Reluctantly admitting that Ray Bittar Was taking a salary, claiming not to know How much he took But that he urged him not to, but just didn't really have control over the situation.
0: Is, is Ray receiving a salary at this point from April 15th moving uh, forward?
1: Yeah, um, at that stage, I don't even know if I had thought about it
0: yet. Um, but yes, he was, I guess. Do you yes. know how much over the course of time, if you, I know we're moving forward here a little bit, but from April 15th to point that we close this, do you know how much Ray Bittar was actually paid? by the I company? don't know the
1: exact number. I think it might be in a DOJ document. Um, I, I urged him not to take any salary. But I don't think I really had, I, I know I was a board member, but I don't know that I had control of what Pocket Kings did.
2: Now, I don't think that Howard wanted Ray to take the salary. He's probably right about that. But do you really believe that he hadn't really thought about it? (laughs) See, this is Howard sounding very, very uncomfortable. This is Howard having to talk about something that he really doesn't want to talk about. And I'm sure he had a lot more control of the situation. And the fact that he claims... He didn't even really think about it at that point. That's obviously a complete lie. You can tell by the tone of his voice, the hesitation. You can always tell when Howard breaks out a lot of I don't knows and a lot of ums and a lot of pauses, you know that he's uncomfortable with answering something. He's afraid he's going to say something that makes him look bad. And usually he breaks into a lie or a I don't know sort of thing. Here's Howard Lederer taking offense at the fact that Phil Gordon and his attorney dared accuse the board of him, Ray, Rafe, and Chris, of knowing about the shortfall in Money and Full Tilt and doing this on purpose. He said it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, Who could ever think that?
1: There was definitely a group, and I think it's fair to say pretty much led by Phil Gordon and his attorney, actually, mm-hmm. um, that was... For some reason, they were just, they seemed certain that the board had somehow participated in creating the shortfall, like actively, like had known about it Mm -hmm. and had approved these distributions. I mean, even in the face of just the idea that Chris or Rafe or I would approve distributions in the face of a $300 million, it's just... It's beyond ridiculous.
2: You know what Howard reminds me of there? He reminds me of the cheating husband who works until 11.30 p.m. every night. And his wife starts to get suspicious. And then he comes home with lipstick on his collar. And she's even more suspicious. And finally she says, Look, I know you're not working till 11.30 p.m. I know you're cheating on me every night. And he's like, What? What? Cheating on you? How, how could you possibly think that of me? That's absolutely ridiculous. And that's the way Howard is acting here. I mean, of course, Phil Gordon would suspect that the board engineered this whole thing because the board, they were the ones in control. They were the ones who knew about the finances of Full Tilt. They were the ones who knew about the way Full Tilt was operating. They were the ones entrusted to make sure Full Tilt operates in a proper fashion. And all of a sudden, Phil Gordon and other minority owners, shareholders in Full Tilt, found that the company was broke and the player deposits had been spent. So of course he blames the board. Who would he blame? How can... Let her act so outraged about this How can he think it's ridiculous? It sounds completely logical to me Here's Howard talking about what a great guy he was Because he owed money to Full Tilt $700,000 And he paid it back In order to set an example And get everyone else to follow suit And also pay what they owe Full Tilt Because a lot of people who were part owners of Full Tilt Owed the company money So he was the only guy to step up and do it And we should all admire him for that
1: we, the, the, you know, the board basically informed the membership pretty early on that there were members that owed the company money and that they needed to pay it back. Um, we got a lot of resistance. Um, as of June... I guess as of the end of May, the only member who had paid back what he owed the company was me. What did you owe the company? Um, I owed the company $700,000. And I paid it, I think it was in mid, uh, sorry, late, late, late-ish May. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time it just wasn't even, I mean, I knew it was there. It was just, you're just so crazy. Um, and then, actually, at one point, we didn't really have a good bank. the the the, the main bank account that that I sh- needed to send it to was under administrative review. Mm-hmm. And then when that a- account got reopened, I I, I sent the seven hundred thousand. Um, I think it was the next member call was in very was in very early June mm-hmm. after the after the lawsuit.
0: And did did the idea that you had paid back this loan? Did that? Stem others to say, "Okay, listen. Well, Howard's was, paying this loan back. I, I should was, get this loan back." I as was
1: well. I was very hopeful that that would happen. Um, I when I when I announced to the membership, "Hey guys, I just sent in the money. I owed the company." Um, Gus Hansen like threw a wet towel on on the whole idea. It was kind of interesting, but, but Gus is a really sharp guy, and mm-hmm. Gus Gus really cared about the players, and was. Really a calming voice of reason on our member calls. And he spoke up a number of times, always always for our customers. And what did he
0: say about the loans?
1: This is what he said about the loans. Um, he said, well, I don't think that you really paid back what you owed. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, I assume what you did when you say you paid back 700000 was that you took the gross amount that you owed the company and you subtracted your player account. And I said, yes, I did. He said, well, then you still owe the company money. I said, well, why do you think that? And he said, well, because you essentially just paid yourself, your player balance. And all our customers in the U.S. can't get paid. Mm -hmm. That's not right. You just put yourself ahead of them. Do you agree with this? He's he's a sharp cookie, that Mm -hmm. Gus. And basically what he said was, any of you that are thinking of settling your accounts with the company, you need to send in the gross amount that you owe and forget about your player balance. That's the right thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. What did the players think of this, or the, or the members?
1: You know, I don't think that there was a lot of discussion about it. You know, I think maybe a couple of members said, Gus has a good point. Um, I was kind of like, it was weird, I, I I hadn't thought of it. It was really surprising to me um, that I hadn't thought of it, but he made a lot of sense. So I, um, a couple days later I, I sent in another 300,000, which was approximately my player balance. I think my player balance was 297,000.
2: So you realize what he's saying here. He's saying that Gus Hansen pointed out that subtracting your player balance from what you owe the company and then sending that amount in is essentially cashing out for yourself before the rest of the players get to, and that Gus Hansen said that was wrong. And you know Gus is right. But uh, why did Howard tell this little story? Why do we hear this little Gus Hansen anecdote from him? Well, it's to pat himself on the back once again because he's saying, "I sent in seven hundred thousand, and Gus said, "Hey, wait a minute." You should send in what's in your player balance too. You can't subtract that if you owe the company a million, send them a million. And then Howard's like, "Oh yeah, you know what? I realize that's right. And the moral thing to do is send another three hundred thousand. And I did that. I sent three hundred thousand. And then he went on to brag. I didn't go the bother to play it, but he went on to brag that he was the only one to do it besides Phil Gordon, who sent in. $11,000, which is obviously not very much money Compared to all the other figures Being thrown around here So Howard's trying to separate himself As not just the only guy honest enough To send in what he owed Back to the company But also to send in an additional 300000 Because Gus Hansen brought up That if he just subtracts his player balance from, from what's owed That that's not fair to the other players And that Howard realized that And as such a moral guy sent that in too This is a bunch of crap, because Howard is the one, or not the only one, but he's one of the major causes of this entire situation. Of course he should send back not only what he owes the company, but he should send back everything he made from the company, because he was one of the people entrusted to make sure that these distributions were not made from the player deposits, and that's exactly what happened. A lot of the money that Howard received... Should have stayed in the company Because it was player money, not his money And he got a very large portion As did Chris Ferguson As did Ray Bittar As did did Ray First, as did even Phil Ivey They got large portions of money That actually belonged to the players Now at least Phil Ivey didn't realize it But I'm sure Howard realized it I'm sure Chris realized it Definitely Ray Bittar realized it And uh, Ray First, I think he probably did too Though it's kind of a little bit hard to tell at this point Exactly his degree of culpability. But uh, you can't brag about sending a million dollars back when you were the cause of the theft of $300 million. You just can't. I mean, it's, that's not a lot to brag about. You shouldn't even bring that up. You shouldn't be patting yourself on the back, Howard. Here's Howard talking about what a great guy he was because he owed money to Full Tilt, $700,000 and he paid it back in order to set an example and get everyone else to follow suit and also pay what they owe full tilt because a lot of people who were part owners of full tilt owed the company money so he was the only guy to step up and do it and we should all admire him for that
1: somehow they figured out that Lindgren had been double credited once on the site and once in, in
0: an actual bank wire so essentially so, instead of a two million dollar loan he had gotten a
1: Four million? No, he got a two million dollar loan, double credited. There's a big difference between a two million dollar loan and a four million. I mean, he didn't get a four million dollar loan. He got a two million dollar loan that got double credited to him. Um, Chris called Lindgren. Apparently, I, I I was unaware that any of this was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a lot of other stuff going on. This was just you know Chris and Chris and the CFO figured it out. Chris got on the phone and talked to Eric Lindgren. And according to Chris, um, they straightened it out in terms of, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, um, I saw this extra $2 million or something like that. And Chris, Chris told Lindgren to send the money back to the company, that the company really needed the money. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that Chris followed up with the company a couple of times over the next week or two to just see if Lindgren had sent the money back, mm-hmm. and, and, and it hadn't been sent back. I waited for Eric to be knocked out of the main event and um, and then called him the next day and he answered and I just said, hey Eric, um, do you remember that two million, that extra two million you got sent mm-hmm. to your bank account? And he said, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that and I said, well, you know, You owe that to the company. You need to send it back to the company. The company really needs that money. I don't understand why you haven't paid it yet." And he said, "'Oh, I didn't know that I owed it to the company. I thought I owed it to Chris.' And I was waiting for Chris to tell me where to send it. And I said, "'Well, that doesn't sound right, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you have the money?' He said, "'Yeah, yeah, yeah, I have the money.' And I said, "Great." Send it back to the company. the company's asking you to send that money back. It was never your money. He said, "Yeah, no. I'll do that as soon as I get the wire information.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I shipped him off an email that night with the wire information, and um, and he never paid back.
2: Now why did he tell this story? Because it definitely doesn't make full tilt look very good. It makes them look really incompetent that this would have happened. I mean, can you imagine? It's one thing to double credit a guy for 100 bucks or 1000 bucks. Can you imagine a company being so incompetent to where a guy asks for a $2 million loan and you give him both $2 million in his full tilt account and $2 million in a wire and don't even notice? <laughs> so they notice later, obviously after Eric has blown the money, and they ask for it back, and you know Eric Lindgren from all the stories that came out earlier about him. He didn't have the money. He was lying. I'm sure Howard's part of the story about calling Eric after the main event and Eric BSing him about how he's going to send it. I'm sure that all really happened. I'm sure Eric really does owe full tilt $4 million from this loan, and two of which he shouldn't have received. I'm sure he promised to send it back, just like he promises everyone to pay them back and doesn't. But still, uh, why is Howard telling this story? Well, a few reasons. First of all, Lindgren is part of the Negranu camp. He's part of the camp of people who he does not like. Lindgren is friends with Negranu, He's friends with Ivy He's friends with all the people that Howard does not care for So Howard is trying to make Lindgren look even worse here And of course he knows people will believe it Because he knows that the stories have all come out about Lindgren And uh, and the bankruptcy and everything else And Mm -hmm. owing all these people money So Howard tells a story first about himself About how honest he was Sending a million dollars into Full Tilt And then he goes on to compare himself Not directly compare himself But this is what he wants you to take away Is that he's honest But then there were guys like Eric Lindgren Who were pieces of shit And not only borrowed from the company And didn't pay back But got double credited with a loan And then took the whole money And never paid any of it back Even though this is true You can't say that Howard's the great guy And Eric Lindgren's the piece of shit In reality, both of them were pieces of shit But Howard's even worse Because Lindgren's just a degenerate Who just blows money and uh, you know, takes loans from people and, and gives himself obligations to people That he doesn't pay back Which I'm not defending, that's a bad thing too But it's a lot worse to actively steal And spend player money At a company that everyone's supposed to trust And also The money that was stolen Under Howard Lederer's watch Through Full Tilt Is a much greater figure Than anything Eric Lindgren owes anyone so it's amazing how Howard wants you to believe what a great guy he is and then compares himself to some people he doesn't care for very much. And all these people all happen to be friends with one another. They all happen to be in that camp that Howard does not like. Here's Howard again slamming the people he doesn't like. Phil Gordon, John Jawanda, Perry Friedman for not wanting to sign the Poker Stars deal. This is the deal that eventually went through where Poker Stars agreed to buy Full Tilt and pay back the players, which bailed out full-tilt, otherwise pretty much nobody would have a shot of getting paid if this hadn't happened, but this is him letting everyone know that Phil Gordon John Juanda Perry Friedman, J.K. Scheinberg and uh, others in that group refused to sign the agreement again, Howard's the good guy the other camp are the bad guys, now I'll tell you that I don't know why they didn't sign the agreement but I'm sure these guys who acted a lot more rationally and honestly and in the players' interests than Howard and Ray ever did uh, I'm sure they had their reasons. So I, I can't comment about why they didn't sign at first, but uh, I think Howard's not telling us the whole story.
1: Well, we reached out to at least all of the shareholders that own more than 1% um, to get them to sign a very simple document that just said that they agreed
0: and they supported the deal. What was Was it easy to get... Signatures at that point. I mean, easy. We're, we're a year and a Look, half in.
1: Nothing's easy with these with this group. I, I don't understand how it was possible, but um, certainly the uh, the you know the Phil Gordon, Perry Friedman, Scheinberg group had no interest in signing it. Was the, uh, re- did
0: they give any reasoning for not signing? They ignored us. They ignored it.
1: It's just it's just it's just sort of spite, I guess. You know. Um, I don't really know why. I mean, they decided not to sign it, and um, John Jawanda also decided not to sign it. Um, I, I find a little ironic, actually, that the only two members, um, other than Chris and Ray, who have made a public statement about the deal and about their pleasure that a deal was completed, mm-hmm. are John and, and are John Jawanda and Phil Gordon, and they refused to sign the member consent.
2: Now here's Howard addressing a blog that was written a while back by Matt Glantz, who, by the way, listens to this show. Shout out to Matt Glantz, and I appreciate you listening. But uh, this is Howard addressing a blog that Matt had written about why is Full Tilt so silent about the situation. The blog is actually entitled The Silence of Full Tilt Poker. And Howard actually brought this up on his own and is explaining why he was silent about the whole thing.
1: I would like to address one thing uh, there was a blog written called The Silence of full Poker by Matt Glance mm-hmm. and um, basically in it he talks about how ashamed he is of the company not necessarily for the position it was in um, because I think he he believed that you know the company was in the position it was in because of management not because the owners had all decided to all pay themselves a whole bunch of money when 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 they shouldn't have so i so i think he 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 understood why the position why the company was in the position it was in but he said that he was ashamed of the company because of our silence and um so i, I would certainly like to address that charge mm-hmm. and um you know, all I can say is that I feel like I owed the company, sorry, I owed the poker community my silence. At, at no time, as, as desperate as I was to defend myself against all the things that were being written against me, at, at no time during the 15 months that I ever feel like going and doing something like this was going to help our, our customers get paid.
2: Again, Howard is saying that the right move In the situation they were in Was to lie to everyone To be silent To make people believe that the company was solvent And that he shouldn't do an interview like this Back when everything first happened Because that would make people realize the company was insolvent And then people wouldn't want to deposit there And then the whole company would crash down Well, yeah! Howard is saying in a number of different ways That the right solution to this problem Was to mislead everybody into continuing to deposit, let them be blissfully ignorant, and then hope to get enough deposits in and have the company run at a profit for a long enough time to where nobody realizes it and gets paid back. That's what he thinks was the right thing to do to lie to people, to get them to put their money, their hard earned money, onto full tilt under false pretenses to bail him and his buddies out of the situation they created. So that's no defense and Mac Lance was absolutely right with his blog, and Howard's silence in the whole thing was all for self-preservation, not for the player's sake. Here's Howard's final statement to the customers of Full Tilt about this entire incident and his culpability in the situation.
1: As as an owner of Full Tilt Poker, uh, I took and I take full responsibility for what happened. And... What happened wasn't right and it caused a lot of pain, a lot of suffering and, um, and in some cases just inconvenience for three million customers and um, that, that, that wasn't right.
2: You know, Howard, you take full responsibility in that one statement, but you don't take it throughout this entire interview. You spoke for seven hours trying to convince everyone that this was not really your fault, that you were misled, that you found out too late, and that when you did find out, your only priority was to get the players paid back, and that jerks like John Juwanda and Perry Friedman and Phil Gordon threw a wrench into your plans, but that you were a prince of a guy the whole way and only made a few silly mistakes. Howard, you don't take full responsibility, you never have, you never will, and you were a very large cause of this. You and Ray are the two most culpable people in this whole mess. there's no way to get around that, and I think anyone who watched the seven parts of this interview, or even any part of this interview, will come away with that feeling. Hello Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine, so uh, let's just make sure to the people in the chat room that the sound is good. So yeah, let us know here if uh, sound is good, and then we will continue with the rest of the show. If you missed anything or if there's any kind of sound issues, you it'll all be corrected for the archives. So, um, Brandon, glad to have you back on the show after your absence. I know you, you only have uh, 45 minutes or so, but uh, glad to have you back nonetheless. And uh, it's good show, to be here. show's not the same without you. Now, be- before we get into anything else um, there's this misperception out there that I think began from some of the disagreements we had last year before this site existed when we were on another site. I think there's a misperception that we kinda just begrudgingly do radio because people like hearing us on the air together but in reality off the air we're not friends and I I know it's kinda irritating to you when people talk to you and think that or when people post that and it irritates me to see that because it's just absolutely not true so um, if for those of you that follow Brandon's Twitter uh, you'll see a very heartwarming picture <laughs> yes. of, of Brandon's arm around me at uh, a date we went to we, we, we went on a pizza date a few weeks ago but we went on a date this weekend to a concert a Down Henley concert and there's a very heartwarming picture if you go to, to Brandon's... It's Brandon Gerson. Is, yeah, yeah. At, at Brandon Gerson. Thank you for helping me. And sure. uh, you can see... We actually kind of spent the weekend almost together. Yeah, anyway. we spent a lot of hours together. So uh, people are saying, or one person saying, sound is cut off. You know, um, Crow Diddley asking in the chat, who has a worse sitting posture, Druff or Howard? You know, the picture was taken, like, kind of just very quickly. Brandon put his arm around me and... Uh, the picture was taken, and I actually hadn't really been sitting like that. I kind of just, like, leaned that way for the camera. And then right after it was taken, before I even thought it, I'm like, crap, people are going to make a comment about my sitting posture. I knew, I knew someone was going to say it, but uh, <laughs> in, in reality, normally when I sit, I look a lot better than Howard Lederer does. He, Howard Lederer has, like, this – he kind of looks like the Leaning Tower of Pisa in that interview.
4: And I can also say from, uh, when was it, Uh, Saturday morning, I was with Druff at a very nice uh, brunch. And contrary to what many
2: people believe, I think you only had two plates, Todd, right? And you didn't really go crazy. Yeah, I didn't go crazy. I I ate probably about uh, 10% of the food that I ate on Live at the Bike. (laughs) And uh, Bubbles is saying in the chat that I looked drunk as hell in that picture. Well, you know what, Bubbles? You're smarter than you think because... You
4: know, and that's funny. Uh, now that, that you mention uh, alcohol, I can say, I am—I don't even know, Jeff, how many people
2: in the world have actually seen you consume an alcoholic beverage? Yeah, very few. And in fact, I had a a very big cup of Mike's Hard Lemonade, which I, I'll admit that I got for free, but uh, a very big cup of Mike's Hard Lemonade that I voluntarily ordered myself. I could have ordered a Coke or Pepsi or whatever. I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna order the Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know why. I just I just felt that I was with Brandon there. The moment was right to actually drink some alcohol because <laughs> I am I almost never drink anything that's alcoholic. But uh, I decided to. And uh, the first time I had Mike's Hard, actually ordered a few of them. And something I didn't remember. You know, I texted my my girlfriend and I. Sound, I told... Uh, Chad is saying sound is down. God About damn five it! What's people. wrong tonight? And back. And back, damn it, damn it are you are you at home or in this yeah location, yeah, huh. it's the same as last week, which went off without a hitch, so sick well i'm back- I'm glad it's back anyway i I texted, yeah, maybe it's the lower bit rate or the higher bit rate I, I went to a higher bit rate this week, but uh i I texted my girlfriend and told her I was drinking mike's hard lemonade at the concert and that it was the first time i've drank in like five years and then she said no 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 you had that with me three years ago and i felt bad like like i'm bragging to her that i'm drinking for the first time like since before she was with me and then it turned out i drank the exact same thing with her and forgot about it wow it's been three years huh
4: jesus yeah
2: Yeah. well benjamin's just about two yeah
4: yeah it's amazing Amazing. Where does the time go? Well, speaking of which, uh, she's not going to be on radio this week. Uh, but Jenny Anderson, druff uh, do you still follow her on uh, Facebook?
2: Yes. Oh no, not, no, 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 not her. Only Young Smooth, actually, not Jenny okay. Anderson.
4: Jenny Anderson. Uh, and I guess I can post this or send it to you. She is pregnant. She is about four months pregnant. What? And uh, having a child.
5: Yes.
2: What? Who's the dad?
4: Um, she claims it's her boyfriend, a a guy named Steve. I've never met the guy. I don't know anything really about him. She moved out of Las Vegas. This was someone she was involved in pre Like So this is a guy she dated years and years ago. I guess she was like 17. I think 17. Working at Long's Drugstore right before Neverheb, And apparently they broke up. Uh, As many of you know, she lived in Las Vegas for almost a year. Very, very close to where I lived. And uh, about four or five months ago, um, she ended up moving, jeez, I don't even know the city, but somewhere in California, but not LA, not San Francisco, just a small, maybe Bakersfield, something like that, I don't know. And uh, that's where he lived, and I guess they got back together, and uh, she sent me a text, I don't know, about two, three months ago, or maybe it was even shorter, I don't remember, that, uh, you know, it was a pregnancy test, and it had, like, the positive sign on it, and she just started sending me pictures today, and you can actually see, um, the you know the the her baby or her stomach, which is weird. I mean, you know, she's a tiny girl. She weighs like eighty five pounds. So I don't know, but uh, yep, Jenny Anderson is going to be a mom. Oh, uh, oh, wait a minute,
2: <laughs> wait a minute here. Um, so uh, Jeff, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I put it on mute accidentally. Sorry about that. Um, wait a minute. Did Jenny Anderson conceive this child in New Jersey or when she was in Bakersfield?
4: Well, you know, what? it's gonna be one of those scenarios. I think that when the baby is delivered, she's probably gonna be praying it's a white
2: baby. Oh, jeez.
4: Um, I mean, I, that's just what I'm thinking because I didn't know right around the time that uh, you know she got pregnant, she was making some trips to a brothel, and this is all I'm not you know dissing on her or anything. This is public record. In fact, I think uh, somebody found the website that it was on and and posted on on your site. So uh I don't remember the name of it but yeah she was going back and forth to New Jersey to I guess it was like a brothel but it's very odd because it is advertised directly on the website exactly what it was and Yeah, yeah it is called the uh,
3: NJ
2: Fantasy Girls.
4: Yes. So you know it was right around that time so I mean who who really knows. Um I mean I haven't even asked her you know if it's if it's uh baby's daddy but uh... So so it
2: could be one of the Johns out there in New Jersey or it could be this guy in Bakersfield?
4: Yes. Yes. Weird. Yes. Yeah. So
2: she is uh pregnant,
4: hopefully uh we'll have her on. And uh, that's I don't know, that's at least going to slow. Her. What's I mean, not to really sound rude or anything or just kind of be disgusting. I don't even know this. What is the what is the, the uh legal uh limit in terms of pregnancy in terms of how many months you're pregnant before that you can still get an abortion. I guess 4 months is way past that obviously, right? I think so. I'm not sure. Okay, I don't, know, I don't know if it's like a... I imagine it's probably a federal thing, right? Wouldn't it be federal? Yeah, be you like know, like I I,
2: I, think she probably would have done it by now if she had wanted to. Yeah. A, in fact, I can tell you from having my own girlfriend be pregnant that uh, months 2, 3, and 4 for most women are pretty difficult because they get sick a whole lot. This morning sickness thing is kind of a myth. For a lot of women, it's like an all-day sickness every day for months. So if you put yourself through that... You usually are going to go through it for the long haul, but uh, yeah. Um, so I'll I, send you
4: the pic. It's it's not. I don't think it's of her face. It's just her belly that she wanted okay. me to see. But I'll send it to you, and you can post it, and uh, well, I'm sure people will be interested. It's it's you know it's amazing to think that it's been almost five years now that since we had her on the show. Wow. Uh, you know that that's when she first came into you know all of our lives. With, that's
2: with, true. You know, with Neverheave.
4: Neverheave. It's all thanks to Neverheave. Neverheave. Yes, it was in uh, early 2008, wow. and here we are in 2012, it's... it's.
2: You know, I have a bit of uh, Bakersfield trivia for you regarding okay. both me and Ken Scaler, two different things. With me, would you believe, even though I've never lived anywhere near Bakersfield, I've had sex with three different girls who went to high school in Bakersfield? Wow. Yeah. And, and not to... Uh...
4: Trash anyone that that lives in Bakersfield. I, I've driven by it. I've never never been in the city. I was. I, I think I remember reading. Isn't Bakersfield like the meth capital of the United
2: States? Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's not a very nice place. Yeah. It's it's in Central California. It's uh, it's not Central California like right by the coast, like San Luis Obispo or uh, or Santa Barbara or something like that. It's it's like inland Central California. Very ugly. Really, nothing to do there, and. Um, a lot of the people you meet there aren't the ones you'd want to take home to mother. So, yeah. uh, But but I did have sex with three different girls from Bakersfield, and um, I don't know if I should be proud of that or not. Probably not. Uh, now, now, something else with Bakersfield, right after the Northridge earthquake of 1994, which struck uh, the Los Angeles area, they had to close Cal State Northridge because it uh, took a lot of damage, you might imagine, being in the epicenter of the very large earthquake that occurred there. Uh, when they reopened it, the mayor of Los Angeles, Richard Reardon, did a big radio show on a very large station called KFI uh, to commemorate the reopening of Cal State Northridge and took calls from various listeners. So finally, a caller came through named Ken from Long Beach. And Ken told Richard Reardon, that even though L.A. was devastated by an earthquake, that he should be proud to be the mayor of Los Angeles, that he should be happy he's the mayor of L.A. and not a place like Bakersfield, because Bakersfield is boring. And Reardon said, You're right, Bakersfield is boring. L.A. is one of the greatest places on Earth, or something like that. Well, this got the city of Bakersfield so angry, and it actually made front-page news that they were protesting against Richard Reardon for calling their city boring and wanted an official apology for him, and he actually agreed as an act of contrition to spend a full day taking a tour of Bakersfield because Ken Scaler baited him into saying that Bakersfield is boring. Wow. Yep. Hmm. You know, and speaking of just uh,
4: weird and wacky, I, as Jeff mentioned, I, I, you know, he was in Las Vegas this weekend and we spent some time at some various parties and uh, whatnot. And I met, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, Druff of possibly having him, him on the show. This is someone I think would be great for uh, for radio. I met a friend of Todd's, um, and <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, great guy, but uh, I, I, Todd, you, you, I guess you should explain since you know more about this guy than I do.
2: But definitely someone who should be on radio at some point. Yes, uh, I call this guy a talk show character actor, and uh, that's really what he is. Um, if for those of you that listened to Howard Stern in the 90s, you might remember a midget with muscular dystrophy named Doug Beatty, who it was like a foul-mouthed midget with muscular dystrophy, and that was uh, that was kind of the gimmick that this guy had. Where you know, you'd see this guy in a wheelchair who's like two and a half feet tall and you know, you you expect him to be a sympathetic figure and then he's got a foul mouth and just goes off on everyone.
4: They used to put him in a suitcase.
2: <laughs> yeah, they even like would, would do little weird things like putting him in a suitcase and have him go, Help, help, I'm trapped in here, let me out and so of course being in a wheelchair and being two and a half feet tall, he needed an assistant to uh, take him places and uh, you know, basically manage his life. So there's a guy named Dave who was Doug's assistant and comedy partner. And Dave knew him from high school. They were friend, They grew up together in high school. And uh, Dave was always on Howard Stern as well. I, uh, Dave told me that he appeared on Howard Stern with Doug 57 times. Now, they actually ended up not only being on Howard Stern, but they, they toured with uh, Sam Kinison whenever Sam Kinison did a show. Usually uh, both Doug and Dave were part of it. Uh, and they, they really got to know a whole lot of celebrities and really became a large part of the whole Hollywood scene. In 1996, Doug, the guy with the muscular muscular dystrophy, died, and Dave was pretty much left without the gimmick anymore because you know just by himself. Not like he... a
4: two foot guy you can put in a suitcase. What do you really have left? Yeah, yeah.
2: Like if you're yeah, if you're the assistant of the guy who uh, is <laughs> right. in the suitcase, like you know you can't put yourself in the suitcase when you're just like a normal sized guy. So Doug had to, or not Doug, Dave had to reinvent himself, and the way he did this. Was he started appearing on every TV show that would have him? And uh, l- let me tell you guys: a-, a lot of you probably suspect or even know that a lot of reality. and I was fake. even shocked when I heard this because I know. I mean,
4: I oh, go on, but
2: I, I just will say I was very shocked when I heard what Druff is about to say. Yeah, to the like, extent of it. Yeah, like a lot of you know that a lot of reality TV is fake or staged or semi-staged, and I, I think most of you are smart enough to know that everything you see on TV that's purportedly real isn't. But I don't think Everybody realizes how much is Staged. Some which is actively Staged by the producers and some where the producers Look the other way when they know People are staging it if it makes interesting TV So if you think of the Shows like uh, Judge Judy um, Judge Joe Brown yeah, Judge Joe Brown is another one Uh, Even the non-court shows, the, the Tyra Banks show All these shows where they have some kind of Guest on. Can we uh
4: can we give out his name, or is I mean, is it fine? Um, well, I was just, yeah, yeah, sure. Just, we might as well. His, his name is well, the, Dave The reason why is I wanted I wanted everyone to see that clip that he showed me. That's on YouTube uh, of the Tyra Banks. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? That's yeah, where, yeah. I was. Yeah, I think. What do you type? Like Tyra Banks. What um, was it? If you go, I actually I wrote it down. Hold on here. Yeah. Okay. If you go to if you just go to YouTube and write Tyra uh, TV Gold three words Tyra. Obviously, T-Y-R-A-T-V, and then gold, and it, it, it will be the first thing that comes up, and this guy's in it, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, so if, so if you watch
2: these, these clips, and this guy's in a whole lot of clips from a whole lot of different shows, the amazing thing is every single one of these is fake. You'll see him on with various girlfriends and ex-girlfriends, and all these different situations where these talk show hosts are, are interviewing him about his, his different problems that he has on TV. Every single one of them is fake Every single one of them is made up The girl with him is never an ex-girlfriend Is never actually someone he was involved with The whole thing is completely fabricated Usually by him But pretty much where they know it's fake But they go along with it at the show you know, like He approaches them with I have such and such story And they just accept it And this is apparently very common With these shows Like whenever you saw Jerry Springer Most of that was fake Most of these issues people had with each other where they fought each other on TV It was all staged, it was all fake and Even, even, I think he mentioned to me Like
4: those episodes where they try to create drama With the paternity test They already know the outcome And they already know, I mean just Well of course they know the outcome But they already know, meaning the participants going into it That they're not the father of the child And it's, it's completely staged yeah. There's not even, you know, a shadow of doubt Is that correct?
2: Yeah So, hmm. um, So we're going to try to call
4: him tonight um guy's a character. I, I spent about uh, a good half hour talking with him. Yeah. Cracked me up. Yeah, very, very funny guy.
2: Yeah, he's a very unique guy, and uh, he actually lives in Vegas, despite not being into the gambling scene at all. I actually know him from a source completely independent of poker or gambling. It's just a coincidence he happens to be in Vegas. And uh, I introduced him to Brandon this weekend, and Brandon said, why why don't you have this guy on radio? And th- this guy, I mean, he... I was, I was with him for like several hours, this guy, on Sunday, and he was telling me all these different stories from his days as like an 80s semi-celebrity. And it, it's amazing to, to hear some of this stuff. And I, I actually believe just about all of it. So let me, uh, let me see if he's around. I, I asked him to come on, and he didn't respond to me. And not, not like he didn't respond like he's mad at me, but I think he just didn't get the, the Facebook messages yet. But you know what? The way we do things in this show, we don't give anyone any notice. We don't give them a choice. Yeah, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna call him. And uh, okay, you know what? I actually, the only thing I'm gonna have to do. I don't want to explain it exactly, but if I call him, the problem is that it will say on the air where he lives. What? That, oh. So, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, it, it's this. I'm gonna have to do it a different way. Oh, well, I'm to gonna do talk for a couple minutes, and you want no, no, no. to. No, no, no. I, be- I, I have an easy way to do it. To what it oh, in course of sure. the air. Okay. So I, I have to basically call myself and then three-way it on. Jeff, I'm still here. i in the hotel. I haven't left. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Brandon's not at home. He's actually in a hotel right now. And uh, you know, the problem with hotel life is you get used to being in the hotel and you get comfortable there and you just never want to leave. All right. So I'm you know, gonna...
4: a lot of people. And you can tell me what you think, Jeff. A lot of people, and I'm I, I like it. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you live in Las Vegas. Why would you want to? Uh... We calling him?
2: No, I'm calling myself. And now we're going to call gonna him uh, call right him. now. Wait. Oh, six backdoor operation
4: um that's backdoor all right yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean druff I, I live here and you know obviously and for me you know of course i like traveling and going other places but especially like where i'm staying in a massive hotel like this with you know it's literally like i don't know you, you know where i'm staying how many people do you think at any given moment counting employees and people are here i mean it's bigger than like a, like you know, many
2: cities. Yeah, it is, I, I thought that when I was walking through there, it's kind of like a city there. Yeah. So,
4: you know, for me, and I've always been this way ever since I've moved here, I, I like going on like these five day or week long trips where you don't, you know, you're just in a nice hotel. You know, everything's here. There's, you know, 100 restaurants and just all the amenities. It kind of just makes you feel like you really are on a vacation. Yeah. No, you know, I know, I I know think, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen the room I have. Why would I give this up? Yeah, it's story? a beautiful room.
2: Uh, so
6: that I'm sorry, is, the party you've called is no, not available. Not. Please leave a detail.
2: Of course not. Why would he be available? Yeah, He only sent me a Facebook message like 45 minutes ago. Why would he be available now? I have a different number that he gave me. I'm trying to think. Is that... probably. Uh... It's, pro- it's got to be the number I called. It's I have be. a 702
4: number he gave yeah, me with an yeah. extension, though.
2: Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see when he comes back online and messages me. In the meantime, I have somebody else we can call. Okay. I've got uh a lot of pe- you missed a good call last week when we actually called up uh this girl who ripped off Ken Scaler. She actually identified oh, herself again. as like an ordinary black girl. I, well, I don't even know the premise. How did she rip him off? It was when she uh he met her at a fat club <laughs> Jesus. and he took her to dinner and suddenly these two guys, these two gay guys showed up and cl- one of them claimed they knew her from high school. And uh they sat there you know they joined them at the table kind of just forced themselves in and drank and drank and drank just ordered drink after drink after drink then both of them quote had to go to the bathroom and never came back and Ken was presented with a $425 bill and it was unclear whether this girl set this whole thing up or was complicit in it or if she was just as surprised by the whole thing as he was and I, I still don't know for sure after talking $425 to $25 bill that, that don't they would have to put him on a payment plan for that well Worse. They confiscated his wallet and wouldn't now, give him his ID back until he paid.
4: Now, you know, someone asked me this recently and I forgot the answer. What do they say when you buy your, your uh, when you're engaged, before you buy your wife a wedding ring? What is the percentage of your yearly sal- salary that they say is supposed to be determined?
2: Oh, I, I, th- I, I think it's two months' salary.
4: It's two months? Yeah. So if Ken Skier hypothetically. Oh, okay. It's three or four months? Okay. I'm, I'm being I, I told it
2: too.
4: Well, okay, but Maybe either way. Maybe up over the so years. So say it was three months, hypothetically, if Ken Skeller ever got married, how much would he be able to spend then on, on a wedding ring?
2: Um, like $2,000 or something. Really? That much? Well, yeah. I mean, he has a job. Oh, I didn't even know that. He's working? These, he's, not, he's not doing the blood or oh, plasma? Oh, no, He does plasma, oh. too, but he also works.
4: Oh, okay. Wow. Good for him.
2: Yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's call him up here. And, uh, you yeah, know, he has to be able to afford to go to Coachella. Yeah. And uh, other
4: things he wants to go to. So let's, you let's... know, it's funny, Jeff. I was thinking about this. I knew it was going on, and I read uh, a thread about it. Right when we were watching uh, Don Henley sing Hotel California in the same exact city, the lead singer from Green Day was uh, smashing his guitar.
2: An outrage at the uh, iHeart Music Hello? Festival, Vegas. Yeah, yeah hey, hey, Stephanie, you're on, on the radio here with uh, on the Druff and Drexel Show. Uh,
6: here, you can talk to Kent.
4: Go
2: ahead. Yeah. Yeah, hi, Ken. You're on the radio here. Hey. Welcome. I'm on the radio here. Am I doing the trivia game again? No, no, we, we shut that down. Nobody nobody hey, Kenneth, it.
4: Hey, Kenneth, how are you? This is Brandon. Hey, doing good. That, that 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 trivia game
2: was kind of boring.
7: Even though I was the protagonist, I I was bored by my own game.
2: Yeah, nobody really liked it, so we we threw it away.
7: Yeah. Yeah, it was a really boring game.
2: Yeah, it was thrown in the garbage.
4: Hey, Ken, we were just yeah asking, before we called you. Maybe you can answer. Do you know, how they have like this suggested guideline when a uh, when you're about to get married, what percentage of a man's Yearly salary is supposed to go towards the uh, the value of what kind of ring he buys. Do you know what, what it is, the guidelines? That they they, stay, they well, I mean, if you're making Phil Ivy money, you know, like a second of your time, but most people two months. Oh, it is two months, okay. So, Ken, if what you... What that up? Are you, are you getting remarried? No, 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 no. It just was a, a random question, but how much, Ken, would you spend if you were to get married on a ring?
7: Um, I would spend probably, I don't know, maybe
4: like, can I do layaway? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, layaway's fine, Ken. <laughs> um, maybe like put away a certain percent of my check for a whole year. Okay, but like dollar value.
7: Yeah, how much do,
2: would you spend? How much would you budget for the ring? Maybe like, I don't know, 15000 I don't know. Jesus. No, you wouldn't do 15000 Where would you get $15,000? Come on now. Well, if it's a girl I really like. Now, see, so you're just saying this to try to impress people. But honestly, if you if you really were buying a ring, you you, of course, you could say a hundred thousand. You couldn't come up with that either. How much would oh, you it's really it's do? Not. I'm not going to
7: marry a girl unless I can afford to support her.
4: Uh, this this may this may uh, this question. I do not want to offend you. It's just a hypothetical question. But if things would have gone differently with you and Colleen, for instance, how much would you have been willing to spend on a ring? Fifteen thousand. Okay, and that's about like that. Is that like the max?
2: I'm in love. Ken, there's value not that much that plasma spend? in your body.
7: No, no, no. That's that's not the max on love.
2: It's the max on the ring. But love Ken, is Ken, not twice you, you don't even have that much plasma in your entire body to pay for that. Wait, what? You don't have that much plasma in your body to pay for that. Okay, I have a job. Uh, would tell us.
7: <laughs> All right, uh, I don't believe. And I, I, I want to. I want to apologize for, hold on a second, that's my friend. What?
6: You don't want yelling in my house. Okay, I won't
7: yell in your house.
5: <laughs> is that that's Stephanie? That's my, that's my, that's that's yeah, my, my homegirl. Yeah. Uh, that girl definitely. knows Peter Falcone, by the way.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, how is everything, it seems like it's, everything is interrelated somehow. It's really amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's like what? six, it's like six degrees of Peter Falcone, it's weird. Oh wait, to to now, S- now, wait, Stephanie thinks that we're yelling at you?
7: No, she thinks let's Ken let's... is So no, I talk loud. I have, a, I have a very loud voice.
2: Yeah, she thinks Ken is yelling and that it's uh, disturbing the people in the house. Uh, Scalar, yes, question,
4: are... question from the chat, and you don't have to be specific. Well, but people are inquiring what do you do these days? Like, in terms of. Um, I have a, I, I'm in, I work in sales. Oh, wow. And okay. Stephanie's laughing.
7: And for you people listening, you, you seven listeners out there, Stephanie is just a
2: friend. There are other fish in the sea. Well, I know that they're like Nene, for example. Are you, no, you're and I'm gonna... not interested in. I'm not interested in a girl
7: that took four and twenty-five dollars. Well, it wasn't really hers; was those two faggots. But anyway.
2: Yeah, we,
4: we. Have you and Stephanie always been platonic, or wasn't there at one time? A yes, yes, thing? yes. I've, kn- I've
7: known her since probably about April '94, right around the time of her a
4: major birthday of hers. Major birthday.
2: I don't 18. want to say her age, but... I'll say uh, her age. She's 36. She
4: turned, so, she tur- so she turned
2: 21. No, she turned 18. She's 36 Oh, now. 18. Okay, okay. Mm. It was yeah. 18 years ago when she turned 18. She's 36. You guys so have never
4: fornicated at all? No. Okay. All right. Tough but fair.
2: <laughs> so, so, okay, Ken. Um, so are you going to be spending the night there tonight, or are you going back home on the bus later? No, I got to go home.
7: I got to, you know, jump Kipper, you
4: know?
2: I, I don't think that's the reason. Going I thought
4: pass? it was fun, Ken. When are you uh, going to get out to Vegas sometime, buddy, so I can meet you? The seven o two? I don't know. Maybe, uh,
7: maybe October, November. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'm going to hey, tell you something. Your, uh,
2: I'm going to tell where's you. Where's your ain't... female? Uh, where's your female Reese Witherspoon sounding co-host? Um, she's gone. Yeah. For for, for good?
4: Yeah, yeah, we lost yeah. her. Yeah, it's a shame. Okay, but, wait, but, wait, wait. Why did she leave the show? It no, well,
2: that doesn't matter, in, Ken. Let me tell I you something. We're, with... we're I want to tell the people on this radio show that I'm actually bringing Ken and Stephanie and a third party that I'm not going to name right now, but maybe we'll have her on the show at some time, too, uh, out to Las Vegas sometime this fall, and uh, I'm getting them a hotel room, and they're going to stay there, and anybody in Las Vegas who'd like to meet Ken, I can make that happen.
5: Yeah, this third party
2: definitely is interested in going, assuming she's not busy for her acting career that weekend. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, there's a third party who we may or may not introduce on the show at some point who is a real actress who's actually appearing in a, uh, a pretty major play in the L.A. area and will actually be appearing in some major movies. And this is someone who Ken Scaler unbelievably knows.
7: Now, yeah, like a I actually have spent, I've actually spent time with this person.
4: Is this like a B-list actress or someone? Well, like it's up someone. And it's someone
2: kind of up and. Come. It doesn't matter.
7: It doesn't matter where she is now. It's where she will be. It,
4: it's well, that's what I'm saying. Is she up and coming? Is she yeah. someone that? She's
7: yeah. She's, she's up definitely now. up and coming. Wow. She is definitely. This girl's trajectory is is is, is so high, sky high. It's unbelievable. But I will now, tell would you this: say,
4: Ken, and I don't know if you'll even understand this comparison. Would you say she's like 2010's poker Melanie Wisner kind of to compare poker to Hollywood? <laughs> She's better Weisner? than Wayne Allen Root. Yeah, that Wisner. She was like an up and coming 2010, but I don't know if she's really just been stagnant or I don't know.
7: She's better than Wayne Allen Root. She's better than uh, than uh, the the Unibomber player or the or the the Sn player. You know, Eskangari, whatever his name is. You know,
2: yeah, He's talking about Antonio Escondari, the guy that
4: just won eighteen million?
3: Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. And I think well, he did. I, I think yeah. he's, I think he may have won a bracelet at the World Series of Poker Europe too.
7: Wait a minute! Who won the final table? I don't even know. Are they not
2: solid yeah, they yet? Haven't, they
7: haven't done it. What are we talking
4: about? Wait, who are you talking about? Uh, Antonio Santeri? You won two bracelets.
7: No, I'm talking about there's a table of nine people. Have they decided who won yet or not? No, they
2: that haven't decided. The they thing? haven't decided yet. They're going to actually in talks. So I, noticed,
7: I noticed that Indian casinos are giving a lot more money to Obama than to Romney. I know it's not a political show, but they seem to favor Dems. Ken, so anyway.
4: Ken, speaking about the. I, I know you I know you're
7: not political, but
4: anyway. Yeah, Kent. Speaking about the World Series, it's it's the last week of October, and I don't know. You seem to know a lot about poker for someone who doesn't play. But yeah, the, the original World Series, the first ever World Series of Poker, wasn't even played out on the felt. It was voted. The players actually really? voted who the draft Tell him I'm yeah. Telling the truth. Now they're talking again really? about really bringing that back, getting old school back. Where when they get down to the November nine, everyone just votes on who the winner is. What,
7: what's your feeling really that? yeah that's like ridiculous that's not about skill but you know what's even crazier is during the first iron man they actually paid terrence howard more than robert downey jr even though jr was iron man they played the black they paid the black guy more i couldn't believe it when i heard that can, you can google it
2: can the 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 club you went to where you met that uh fat woman that uh, got you ripped off the it doesn't, trip, matter. Was that club, doesn't matter was that club moxie it doesn't matter what club it is. that that's 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 gone. Someone, someone is guessing. For my life. Someone's guessing there was club. Mom. I'm not. I'm not. I'm taking the Fifth Amendment on that whole incident. Well, why can't you just take it like
4: a, a, an eyesore in your life? That's something that's traumatic. That whole incident. It's you just it's
7: it's, it? it's 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 up to with Victoria. It's really bad. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Don't elaborate on that.
2: <laughs> well, Ken, you can't bring these things up on the radio if you don't want me to elaborate. Victoria was a
7: uh, employee of a uh, of a, uh, a manufacturer of uh, Hoover vacuum cleaners. Let's just say she really liked to suck the ground.
2: And I'll, I'll go. Ken, a step, I'll go a step further. It had to do with trimenical cough syrup.
4: Ken, are you? Still, yes. uh, are you still frequently master masturbating? Like I, I don't want to talk about that. I, I
7: want this to be a PG thirteen show.
4: Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: in, in
7: other words, yes. Okay. And I um, want to apologize. And I want to apologize for asking about remarriage. I don't. I don't think people want people to know you were married once.
4: Okay. I didn't even know you knew that I was married once. But okay, okay. I, I'm confused. But yeah, that's fine. Um,
7: but anyway, um, why did the girl leave the show? Why did Reese Witherspoon sound like leave the show? She,
2: she left because uh, she didn't like you. Yeah.
7: I'm sorry. She, I didn't even have an opinion. Of she, her. she said um, that you
2: offended her. Hold on. I believe you get off
7: the phone. Wait, okay, I'll talk lower. He's
6: so aggravated.
7: All right, I'm being too loud. I'll, I'll speak quieter. I'll speak Jeez. quietly but carry a big stick.
4: Ken, Ken it sounds like uh, Stephanie uh, wears a pants and that. I mean, uh, this is worse than having like, a wife. Jesus, really?
7: Well, I mean it is her it is her uh, domicile in West
4: Hollywood, so is you
7: know. there like
2: another is there like Well here, Ken, like can, can you can you ask a question for me? Ask her and tell her you can tell her this is from me. Ask her why is she so bothered about you speaking loudly if she screams at you all the time in the apartment? Todd has a question. He wants to know why you bother me speaking loudly when you scream all the time in the in the condo. Because
6: I'm working
7: because she's working on not screaming at me all the time. She's okay. working on anger management.
2: So, so you're working on uh, both being quiet together? Uh, more or less. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something it, here. This is a, she's a, working a, on not yelling. Hopefully
7: Colleen's not yelling, whatever she's doing. I think she got a new job. Oh,
3: God!
7: I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, so that this, girl.
2: Is, you know, th- this whole thing about quiet time, it reminds me, in the early 70s, a friend of my mom made actually made a book for me called The Quiet Book. And it was this little book with all these like little activities where you, you put these puppets and these pouches. It was it, it was actually kind of a cool book for a kid. And it was actually a homemade book for me called The Quiet Book. And it was to give to me to have quiet time as a very young child in the early seventies. I think Isn't maybe that fucking some, sweet No I think you maybe even Stephanie did the quiet book. Maybe I could bring it to you. Do you still have that book? Uh, my mom still has a quiet book she showed it to me sometime a few years ago
6: should give it
4: to Benjamin. really
2: yeah i don't know she why should, you the book i should give it to Benjamin.
4: Ken, is there any chance that stephanie would come on the radio just for a couple minutes or why Let's
6: do you want, want, to want to talk to them About well, the, what?
4: the chat just wants uh, they they like the rage i guess they like the rage this isn't a gay club no the rage like that she just has seems like there's pent-up anger inside her i don't know
6: I'm not going to
4: yell. She says she's not going to yell. But she's, always, she's checking her email. It's very exciting.
6: Can you stop? Ken, stop. I'm
7: not going to yell. What
2: is it to say? Um, why did
7: that girl leave the
2: show? Uh, I, want, I want to tell you something here. Would you believe that there's this guy, that guy Ryan we've called before on the show. Um, he actually wait, sent, wait. He's been he, on the air? He actually, sent, called that guy? He, actually sent, he actually sent
6: Ken.
2: Hold on. Hold on. One second. Yeah.
6: Can we call Peter Falcone to get him
2: on the air? Uh, if you have his number, sure. I have, I
4: have, uh I his, you know what, I have his original number. I mean, there's,
6: even when he was gone.
4: in jail, this number was still active, but let's see. I can try oh, it. I'm, I'm, wait,
6: wait, so he really was in jail?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. I'm, I, I'm just right
6: amazed. I'm just amazed because he just put off such a wait, good image 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. of himself.
2: Okay. Went to voicemail. Disconnected? Yeah, no, I just want the voicemail. It's first ring voicemail. But at least he's still paying the Can bill. I, leave
6: him, I, I want to leave him a message.
2: Well, call him up and do that. All right. Um. Uh, by I the don't way, um, uh, number anymore. A, a guy in chat named Bootsy Collins wants you to know he's single. What? That, that's what he said. He said, uh, tell her I'm single. She lives in
4: care. your He lives in your vicinity. Yeah, I he met lives it. in, he lives nice in North
2: County. Yeah.
6: I don't, I'm, I've, I've given up on men. I don't care.
2: Right, you're turning uh-huh. to a lesbian?
6: No, I'm not a lesbian. I've just given up for a while.
2: Oh. Why, why a while. You,
4: you've had your heart broken one too many times, my dear?
6: I, I don't want to get into it. I had, I don't.
4: have a question. Speaking of for a while, do they still make
7: Chocodiles? That was like a trendy dessert for like about a year when I was like 12. And I totally forgot about it until just now.
2: Chocodiles. I don't know. I think it was like an East Coast thing. Really? Yeah. In fact, I, I, I had not had one until I went to New York. I think I had one like for the first time when I was like twelve in New York, but I really? had not seen one in California. Yeah. But, yeah. So I, I think that's the problem. I think uh, they may exist somewhere else. in the You country. know what? I, I'm
7: just going to say if Mick Ribb can have a Wikipedia, so should Chocodile. And if it doesn't have one, someone should create a Wikipedia Chocodile right this yeah, second. I'm sure there's one of uh, in Wikipedia. I'm begging you. Chalk Wikipedia. It's a hey. match made in
2: so internet heaven. Ken, are you uh, are you still in school? Uh, I take a couple
7: classes here and there at Los Angeles Pierce College, Woodland Hills, California. Nine one three six four.
2: And what classes are you taking?
7: <laughs> oh, some business-oriented classes. You no, know,
2: business-oriented to
7: help my to help out my knowledge and facility and economics and surrounding. Peripheral areas of knowledge and academia.
2: Now, don't you have an AA in criminal justice?
7: I have an AA in liberal arts, criminal justice, and political science.
2: (laughs) You're a very uh, well educated man.
7: Thank you very much. I have over 700 units at Los Angeles Pierce College, Woodland Hills, California, 91364.
4: Hold on, hold on, back up. 700. Didn't don't you only need what what is it? I, I forget. I've been out of college for so long. Wasn't it just About 60? sixty? It was sixty. Yeah, six, it was... <laughs> you need sixty to get your first two years, and you transfer to get a baccalaureate wait, at wait, a so, four-year institution. So, so the typical so if student you're, who goes so like to a if you're in for a two casino, years, you know, your college credits, you're basically like at the highest tier end. You're like a seven-star of community college. Yeah. Wait. wait I'm so, playing like
7: I'm I'm like I'm like the I'm like the Sheldon Adelson of college.
2: So you're telling me you have the equivalent of like uh twenty-two years of college. And by the way, speaking of,
7: speaking of college, I just want to say that... uh answer
6: his question. He's right.
7: Um, no, not 22 years. If it's 60 units for, for two years, 600 would be... 20.
4: Oh, my God, you're right. That's and scary. Is this all financial aid? It has to be, right? I get a fee waiver from
7: the government because of my income level, which I do qualify for. It's not fraud.
2: So if you wonder where your tax and dollars are going... Yes. it's a good use But you know answer.
7: what? The most expensive welfare is corporate welfare, not help out black people buy frozen dinner welfare.
2: Well, how about help out uh, white people take useless college classes welfare?
7: I don't know anything about that. <laughs> They're not useless. I'm gaining knowledge, garnering units, and Can maybe... You, you, should,
2: you should put this I to better my, use. You should have like five PhDs by now.
7: Well, tipping hose daily is overrated.
4: Ken, what did you think of uh, Billy Joe, uh, whatever you call it, uh,
7: tirade?
3: Armstrong? at the,
4: Yeah, at the iHeartRadio thing in Vegas.
7: Well, it was run by Clear Channel, which is a horrible company, one of the three worst companies in entertainment. And anything involved. No, Hear this right now? What radio station is No, iHeartRadio is run by Clear Channel. Is a on right now? No, the guy from Green Day had a temper tantrum, and he's now he's in rehab. He's 40 years old. What's
6: the name of the station you're on right now?
7: Radio? It's an internet radio station. Nobody's listening, but I'm playing along. How, do you, it's, you, it's poker how poker can you hear this show on the internet? She can go to poker go fraud alert,
2: pokerfraudalert.com. Do they, you guys on a computer? Fraud... Wait, what? Do
4: you guys have a computer?
2: She does
7: because she's rich. She doesn't have to work.
2: The problem is I don't want it on in the background because it will interfere since you're on the phone here. And it was oh yeah, that, you're, yeah. She can listen yeah, to We right. did this once. We Ken, we did something
4: like this once with. It's kind of like another Kent Scaler, uh, but it was like a quad jacks thing we did, and and this is what it sounds like. Uh, Jeff, can you play? Yeah, this the clip? is what happened
3: when
2: we had someone turn on yeah. the radio when we turned it on. That doesn't sound good. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. what it'll sound like if if she, if she turns it hey, on. Hey, it'll sound se- like... that please, wondering How did you know Peter was a fraud? Um, how didn't we? How was it discovered? How was it discovered? Did he start ripping off people or?
4: What are you talking about? The first one or the second one?
2: Or the fifth
7: one? Or oh, my 21? God. I mean, uh, talking about well, the one? was he ripping off are, are, are you Well, I guess he
4: ripped off. Are you talking about the one when he went to a professional makeup artist and had them dress him up like his 65-year-old father and got fraudulent uh, credentials to go on a bank and then get a, uh, Second mortgage and and line of <laughs> equity on his house is that the, which I mean is that he fraud? I thought he ripped off poker players. I mean he's done more and, he had, and I can't he's believe he donated time. a kidney to pay for he's his law, lawyers. Served time when he was younger in Rikers Island, because yeah. he went to a professional makeup artist that dressed him up to match, you know, a picture ID of his. Uh, I think I remember reading it was like either late fifties or early sixties year old father got a fake wow got a he was either a fake ID or he stole his father's ID and then went to the bank and got a uh, line of equity on his father's home and then went through it and from what everyone's told me um his father you know his father has written him off and most of the family have't they prosecuted him he ended up going to prison but his mother's always I guess they had, won't... his mother's always they won't been keep the one, yeah the, his mother's always been the one that's had the soft spot from
7: well the mothers
6: are mothers are usually the, the wimpy ones.
2: How did you find this out? It has been investigated by a lot of interested parties. Yes.
6: Okay, so where is he
2: now? He's out scamming he, uh, somewhere. He got
4: out of jail and it's football season now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess he's somewhere in the bowels of Vegas right now. Yep. Probably like you? you know Well no, I don't I mean like bowels, meaning like downtown or just like a, a, you know no, a shitty... here, here hold on, hold you, on. You, you,
2: Hold on, I have a caller. Usually you would stay at
6: uh, the Palms or uh, the Bellagio or, you know, nice
3: hotels. Yeah,
2: hang on, hang on. Uh, Stephanie, I have somebody on who might know. Um, I have a guy on here named Howard who says he has an idea where uh, Peter's whereabouts are. Uh, Howard, are you there? Uh, Where's Peter?
1: I don't have all the facts. I don't know. Nope. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no recollection. I'm just speculating now, so I just don't, you know. So I don't know.
2: Okay, Howard, so you don't know, so uh, Howard, can you tell me... He was at a party once know. with him, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, Howard, were you at a party once with Peter? What was he like there?
1: I remember sometime in the afternoon. I don't even know when.
2: I... Uh, really? And uh, so the party was <laughs> in the afternoon, awesome. and um, what did he say to you at the party? What What was he talking about? I don't know.
1: I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know.
2: Okay,
4: and... Um, can, can he... uh, it's Howard. He used to be really good friends with Peter. And, uh, Howard, I... Uh, uh, Peter DC, as you may know, ripped me off for about uh, $4,000. I got okay. charged in a credit card. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you know... Does Is this something he's done to a lot of people?
2: Howard?
1: I don't know. I have no recollection. I remember one time at a party. I don't know. I think...
2: Hmm. Uh, Howard, um... What do you think of Ken Scaler? Uh do you think has he ever told you that he has romantic feeling for Stephanie?
1: I I, I think I just responded with something like um we need to provide this customer a good answer. And I don't know. I I just don't know. For Todd.
7: For yeah. Oh, for Todd place. this skit is dime. There's no skit. That's not a real. On, that's like that's, like that's like that's like a morphed in recording, you know, it's like it's like you're doing Photoshop cropping, with, but but audio-wise, auditory.
2: Hey, hey, Howard. Um, when you went to Starbucks the last time, do you think the bathroom was clean? Uh, for for
1: can't Ken, can't Ken, walk because I really don't even know. I don't recall. I don't know that I ever saw that email. I...
7: What about Alvin Finkelstein? What would he say?
1: I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know.
7: <clears throat> hey, hey, Howard. Can you turn on a woman in bed?
1: I don't
7: know. I don't Any other questions? Howard, do you you want to butt-suck Big Bird? No. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions? Howard, Howard, do you want to ejaculate in Wally George's toupee? Uh,
1: I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know.
4: (laughs) that's great wow who is it I've been I've been uh, you know on what do they British call it they say it's uh, on holiday so I've been on holiday now for for a good six days who is it that made uh, this this clip of the I don't knows Um, that was Kevin uh, and Bean I don't know
2: some guy named Frasier Hart I don't know who that is oh it
4: wasn't someone from uh, PFA no Uh, I don't know
2: is this inside poker stuff I don't understand I mean,
4: I was at a party once, Ken. I don't know. I was yeah, at a party I don't once, know. too.
2: I've been in a lot
4: of parties,
7: because hey, I'm Hold hip,
2: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, t- tell her to turn that off in the background.
5: Actually, I went in another room, so
2: now you he can't hear it. Okay. All right, Ken, any more questions for like Howard? Weird, this is like the weirdest thing I've ever done. This is
7: like this is like Coachella or something, but I don't know. Can't explain I it. Know. Do any any girls out there like me? Um, Anybody? And
1: um, you know, I, I I don't know the answer to that question.
2: There you go, Ken. There, Howard answered for you? I was asking Todd. Oh. Uh, Howard, uh, is Ken going to get laid in 2013?
7: Yes, absolutely,
2: motherfuckers.
4: Absolutely, really mofos.
1: And I really don't Ken- know. And I do
7: not.
4: Ken, Ken, when was actually the last time you've, you've fornicated with a human?
7: I don't know. But it's a woman. I know. That's okay. all I got to say about I mean, that. By the way, by the way, can I ask a question? You think this is like a professional radio show, like, I don't know, Kevin and Bean? They would be doing this I don't know thing over and over. I mean, would Kevin Orbean or Mark and Brian or Rick Dees or I don't know any of those weirdos like the Morning Zoos of America,
2: would they do that? Mm. I don't, I don't have all the facts. But... Okay, so uh, we have I a caller. Caller,
3: uh, call call you're on the
2: air.
7: Oh, okay, she turn off the radio. I can call in the other room. Oh, man. I need a girlfriend.
2: Caller, you're on the air. Hello.
8: Yo, know, I was trying to make sure this was live. I wasn't. I wasn't really sure if it was pre-recorded or
7: not. Now no, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is live. Is it, is it? Wait a minute. Is that the faggot from Philadelphia?
2: I think I know who this is. No, I don't think it's a faggot from Philadelphia. Is this? Oh wait, wait. A... That's the guy. That, that's that. that's
7: the guy. That's kind of conservative, but he's never voted. He won't vote. He hates politics, but he likes to go
2: hunting or something. I don't know what you're talking about. Is he? I don't know. Is this an
4: Alabama area code?
2: Yes. Okay. Cool. Is it two hundred five? That's
4: correct, Ken. Wow, wow. that are is the area codes too caller, how are hey. you
8: yo rough man that that curveball with the uh the fake out was kind of weird. I wasn't sure if this whole episode was like pre-recorded or what
2: No no, no, we're live uh I'm not fake I'm not fake.
7: trust me, I'm a real human being. I am not an animal. I am a human being
8: I don't know. hell yeah nope. no you're you're an interesting know. character for know. sure.
7: Well, thank you, sir, and I, I hope you in, in, enjoy uh, the time we have left because we're 44 days from electing or re-electing Barack Obama as president.
8: Yeah, it's going to be good for the country, man. I'm really excited about it.
7: Great. And then I'm going to be happy and Todd's going to be pissed, but not surprised.
8: Yeah, that's okay. Todd's got all the money, so he should be pissed.
7: I, I wouldn't it's say all, I got right. all the money. He, he a... could hide in the, the Cayman Islands like his buddy Mitt.
8: Yeah, I mean, all the people earning thirty thousand should be paying more taxes than the guys earning thirty million. That makes know, a lot I have of no fun. recollection.
7: That's that 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 is absolutely true. Fourteen percent for that kind of money. I mean, I'm sure Phil Ivey. I mean, I'm sure these like A list poker players pay much higher taxes than than uh,
2: than uh, Mitt Romney. Even I you know, would at, agree with that, uh, right? Uh, Howard, how much did you pay in taxes last year?
1: I'm just speculating now, so I just don't you know, so I don't know.
2: Hmm. I guess he can't tell us. It depends what the definition of is, is. That's correct, Bill. So. That's right. So, William. So, um, Master Scaler here, uh, what are your plans for the rest of the evening?
7: Got to go home, go to sleep, start the day again tomorrow, maybe check my MySpace. Wait, are you still on MySpace for real? I hit over 254,000 friends the other day. MySpace.com slash K-R-O-Q-K-E-N.
4: I mean, I really thought the the people that still participate in that site are like minors and like eighteen and nineteen year olds.
7: No, 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 no.
4: I'm over eighteen.
7: I'm not a minor. But you know, there's people on a lot of dead sites: Tagged, Friendwise, Friendster. You know, High Five, Black Ken, Planet. You know, Ken, all scream, that stuff.
4: You're screaming again, Ken.
7: She's getting. Oh, mad. I'm sorry. I'll stop yelling.
4: Yeah.
6: All right, I don't
7: mean to yell. Why didn't you ask him about Sunday night when he went to the Hollywood Bowl? Oh, I, I just went to a concert, like many other concerts. No, no, nothing unusual.
6: Well, you know, Kent
4: uh, Druff and I uh, went to a concert uh, together on Saturday night. We saw Don Henley center stage. Who wheeled him out there? He he actually looked really good, and for eight-year-old, I think I think we we he's what sixty-five. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's got, he's got about
7: as many. He's he about as many facelifts as like oh. Liberace and Rick Deese combined.
4: His voice is still abs- <laughs> His voice is still absolutely amazing, though. Well,
7: hey, it's not my hey, kind bro. of music. But. Mm,
4: mm. Hey,
7: girl, what?
8: No, Druff.
2: Yeah.
8: Hey, you know the scaler guy, right?
2: Yeah, I know him pretty well. Yeah.
8: Yes, yeah, so I've I mean, heard he's about. Telling the pr- he's telling the truth here. I mean. He basically goes to a lot of rock concerts with kids. He's got two hundred and fifty-four thousand kids that are friends of his on MySpace. He jerks off in public, and you're pals with him.
7: Yeah, why not? Well, actually, I want to clarify the MySpace thing. Most. most of the MySpace people are. Most of MySpace friends are actually bands. They're not even people. They're they're like bands and bots. Explain what a bot oh, is, Tom. Oh yeah, two hundred fifty-four
8: thousand. I'm sure they're all bands. Yeah, I, I believe that. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know
7: all of them. Most of them I don't know personally. I'm kind of like a sea level celebrity on MySpace. It's not about trying to meet girls on there. It's Just about friend collecting. I'm mean, I'm basically a friend whore.
2: You know, Ken actually gets wow. friend requests all the time from like really, really hot girls who look like perfect tens, and they say, Hey, Stud, you look really hot. Can you add me as a friend on MySpace and then click on this link and give me your credit card to view my hot webcam? Uh, he uh, says, no, yeah. I don't do that. And then, I don't and then, credit And then, and then so okay. he, he doesn't click on the link, but he adds them as a friend because, you know, just in case it's a real girl who well, hold really on, hold thinks he's a stud. This guy's
8: stuff. also gone to college with kids for his whole life, even into his middle age, like, adult life. And he's well, the thing I about I college. Know, he's like, so that, that's kinda, that's kind of that's kind of suspect there. Uh, Wait a minute. I'm, I'm college, college, the college. Here. He's <laughs> he's real into public transportation where you're around people of all ages. He even uh, sir, I, I, I,
7: I, 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 pol- I politely I politely beg to differ. The college is, is not kids. They're all over the age of eighteen. It's it's young adults. There's middle adults. There's people there older than me. There's one guy there in his seventies who has more units than I do. So it's all kinds.
2: Yeah, but Ken, eventually he's going to die, and you're going to catch up to him. I'm going to what? You're going to catch up to him. Eventually this guy in his 70s is going to die, and then he's going to stop collecting units, and you're going to be alive and keep collecting them. I have a feeling 30 so, years this from guy, now. This guy, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This guy, his name is Xavier. He's been going up here since 1962.
7: You're <laughs> an Before I was born. He's been taking classes before I was born, Mister Middle Age. So, Ken, let's say
2: let's say Xavier died tomorrow. Do you think you would have a chance in this lifetime to beat him as far as the number of units you have?
7: No, because that's not my goal. My goal is to get married and have children.
6: Well, that's
2: not going to happen. Oh, not going to
6: happen. I want to have a family
2: optimistic. of procreation, not just a family of origin. I see. So, yeah. So, Ken, uh, when you have kids, is that going to be it? Are you done with Pierce?
7: Uh, when I have kids they'll be the center of my world and I want to be a, a great father. A great father and a great husband and a good provider.
2: Because, you know, Ken, a lot of people they have kids they don't drop out of school. They say an education is very important. So are you sure you don't want to finish
7: school? I want my, I want my kids I want my kids to go to college, of course. Yeah, I want Ken, them to, you know how, how are you going to yeah. hold on,
2: Ken, how are you going to support a family without at least twenty five AA degrees?
7: I, uh, Todd, I, I can do it. I will do it, and you'll see. I
2: mean, you're going to go apply for a job that's going to say, list your degrees and list your schooling. You'll have to ask them for like five different pieces of paper, and they'll say, what? You dropped out before you got your 25th degree in underwater basket weaving? That's it. We're not hiring. Ken,
4: what, Ken what do you think of those uh, NFL replacement refs? Because they sure fucked a lot of people last night in that ballgame.
2: Well, I'm going to say
7: one thing about the NFL. I'm a member of the NFL, the National Forensic League, because I am the master debater. Right. Now, there is actually an NFL, it's a speech and debate society called the National Forensic League. And you can Google this yourself if, if you don't believe me.
2: Now, Ken, if you, got married, I, yeah. if you got married, would you invite Colleen to the wedding?
7: Uh, sure, if she wants to go. Really? And no, that's not who I'm going to marry. Well, I think you he would. Hey, he could. Ken. What's up, man?
8: Hey man, so uh, you know, if you go on to get married and have kids, um, if you have like a son, say fast forward to he's about a forty-year-old man, how many um, friends on MySpace do you hope your son will have?
7: Um, like, Do you have
8: big dreams for your kids, where maybe they'll have? I I, want, I, I don't think MySpace year? will be.
7: I don't think we'll be on MySpace then. I, I just want my son. So you know, get a good education. You know, follow the law, and just just make make himself happy as long as he doesn't hurt anybody else to break any laws. I just want him to, you know, find his way in life, just like a dad did. There
8: you go. That sounds positive. Too.
7: Yeah, and I'm I, I am a, and I'm a law-abiding person. I mean, I when I go on MySpace, I just go on there for fun. I don't do any of that Chris Hansen perverted justice bullshit. I, I follow the letter and the spirit of the law. And if I see anything suspicious, I avoid it at all costs. And if I'm harassed, I block them.
5: Colleen, I just wanted to let you both know that you're you're both a bunch of little
6: fucking kikes. And there's a reason that Hitler killed you all. And he should have killed every last one of you. You good for nothing Mm. fucking Jewish kike. Go rot in an oven. (laughs) Ha
5: (laughs) ha. Now. Right,
8: and and that's that's the number one girl you would have kids
7: with in the world. Uh, I'm not... I don't speak to her. We're not speaking terms, and I like somebody uh,
5: else. You are a good-for-nothing, ugly, stiff face.
6: And I just wanted to say that Jews are the same thing as Nazis because they're equivalent. There's no better, there's no worse.
3: The, and secondly, is... I
6: just won second place at my
5: art show, and I get another group show.
3: And and, Druff, uh, and
5: uh while we're while I'm we're playing that clip, can you tell us? This may be one of the reasons.
4: What was our price, uh, ad revenue for it. this month Aha! on uh, PFA Radio? What was that? I missed that. I'm
2: sorry. I was paying attention. Well, I'm sorry.
4: Yeah. Not, I mean, just so people understand, what what uh, you know, just comments like that, which you know, they're they're hilarious. I mean, they're just timeless. But, uh, you know, there's a price we have to pay for that. But because of that, let's go over the numbers real fast because I, I am going to be leaving soon. What were our ad revenues uh, for this month?
2: Uh, Some sponsors for our radio show? Let me see. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking out my spreadsheet here. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see so we add Hoping for a big number
4: cuz I made some money uh okay, on so, Vegas so Poker see, Radio let's this let's, month.
2: We're going to add in the uh the gross receipts what? and um also okay. subtract okay. the server expenses and add in uh, affiliate revenue and uh um let's see add, add in uh revenue eight, from eight, eight, various donations poker, and uh, 888, 888, 888, 888 poker a lot and of Here's here's a lot her, of the
3: answer. Who are
8: you talking to? 0. Point. Point
2: zero you got it at least about the
4: about one time
2: <laughs> that, that was that was our revenue last month
4: well listen i have to jump out of here i'm already about 15 minutes late um it's I'm been sorry. a pleasure I'm, I'm sorry i said i'm sorry that you're running late but todd's always late he was very prompt you know we had a very nice brunch this weekend ken at uh uh on saturday morning they had uh shrimp cocktail and just all kinds of stuff very good food but, uh, was that the one that's like the very nice cafe with the Kobe beef and all that?
7: Yep, that, that, Todd, I, yep, that Todd was it. Todd had a couple <laughs> extra tickets that they just give the two homeless people, and he refused. I thought it would be funny to have the homeless people in the middle of that. Todd actually a did party. a
4: very good deed, and we had two extra tickets to this uh, champagne brunch that, I don't know, what would you guess the retail value would have been if they were charging for that, Todd?
2: The actual retail value is... Forty dollars. That's very
4: dun. nice about walking through a casino with me, trying to find two just Don Trouton people to give them to. That's in true. Fact, actually, your first, your first uh, thought was to find two homeless people off the strip and just give it to them because this was kind of a fancy. I'm not even you kidding.
2: Know, you know. Yeah, yeah Brand is not kidding here. I really said, let's go find homeless people and give them these two tickets to the buffet and let them go in and eat at this fancy buffet. So. Well
7: what I understand if there's no homeless people on the strip. They kick them off and they go to like downtown,
4: wherever the homeless. No,
7: people are. Not,
2: not downtown. They're they they go underground. Yeah, they go they're under living. downtown.
4: Yeah, they're living under the strip these days. Ken, <laughs> very interesting.
2: Really? I, aren't there yeah, a lot of, of cock, aren't there a lot of cockroaches and vermin down there? Well, there's a lot of cock something down there.
4: The only the only bad cool. thing about <laughs> living under the strip is every time it rains in Vegas, which isn't very frequently, you lose everything. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you did. did you. Did, I mean, I know I saw the video that was posted on PFA. Did uh, Todd, did you sit through it and watch that documentary of the guy that
2: was going through all the time? I haven't yet. I meant to, but I, I have not. Stop
6: it. You're annoying me. Oh, sorry. God, well, shut up. Sorry,
4: that was Stephanie here. You're an
2: idiot. Why am I well, an idiot? On that note, You're guys, Todd, can, uh, All right, thank you for being on, Brandon. and uh... Yes. Uh, Thank you, and I guess I'll hear him next time about the documentary. Well, you, you, can stay, you can stay. You can stay on camp. Just Brandon has to uh, take Yeah, us. I
4: just have to run. I'm, it's my last day of a holiday, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't ever brag, or you know I don't talk ever about winning money or you know it's, it's just individual sessions a lot, but uh, I will say and and, and again I, a lot of what I'm saying is because Todd is my witness to this because it's, it's really miraculous. Um, when I checked in here. Uh, I received a small amount of free play and uh, from the oh, casino wow. just to, you know yeah just to kind of entice you to gamble and get here and it's been uh what is this Friday Saturday Sunday Monday Tuesday so it'll be six days tomorrow I've never I have not had to dig into my pocket for one dollar and I was able to run up uh you know a, a small amount of free play into uh, a very decent amount of money um so, this has been a good trip i'm I'm having a, a great time and I'm about to go splurge. There's this excellent anyone that uh is coming to Vegas um that 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 uh is a sushi person. I know you're not Todd I'm not. I would imagine Ken you're still just on the hamburger diet, but uh if you like sushi, there's a magnificent place that opened relatively recently at the Cosmo called blue ribbon and it's 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 amazing it's awesome very very i mean it's it's going to be strip prices it's not like you're just eating at some place you know like in the city you know but it, you know so it's a little bit pricier but you're paying for the quality everything is flown in fresh daily and this is an infomercial or nothing they're not paying me but you know I, you all know i love sushi and uh, that I'll is where I...
7: huh go ahead ken what I, I eat sushi once in a while i'm not i, I eat other things and, and i i'll eat sushi and todd refuses because it's raw fish yeah. And Todd's also never had a salad because he doesn't like lettuce.
4: Well, I did see Todd this weekend eat a little bit of smoked salmon, which uh, I actually I guess it shouldn't surprise me that much because Jews typically like smoked salmon, aka lox or. What is the one without the salt, Todd? The lox with. The has a the e- no, it's called uh, Nova, Nova. Isn't it Nova or something?
2: I, I don't know I don't sushi.
4: <laughs> Okay, well, either way. But, uh, yeah, I saw Todd have some uh, smoked salmon, and he had his... I'd had... like to see Todd eat a salad. You you will never see Todd eat a salad, ever.
2: Well, I don't know. He thought he wouldn't see me have an alcoholic beverage ever, and he saw that this weekend. I he was.
7: I, you, I saw you have an alcoholic beverage at the Dr. Dan parties back in the day.
2: That's true. <laughs> wow.
6: Tell her how Jim Genevieve's got.
7: Uh, the squirrel I know likes to drink, but... We'll talk about that another time.
2: That's another story for another time. And, Ken, um, you do, though, have a new obsession, don't you?
7: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a drinking diet. No, only. no. Now, Ken has a new obsession
2: no, I, with a girl he's uh, very much into, not Colleen yeah. anymore. Colleen's kind of faded away. There's a new, new target. Yes,
6: yeah. right.
4: She's not a target. She's a friend.
2: And and this one's a lot more normal than Colleen. This one's actually, like... Has it,
4: has it developed into an obsession yet? Uh, yes. No. Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah, this one... Is, see, with Colleen, she was, like, so strange that actually there was a chance for Ken to be with her because Colleen was that strange. This one, there's really no chance. I, I wish for his sake there was, but I, I can tell you objectively there isn't.
7: Hmm. And, where, where she's very nice and she's my friend, and I wish her the best. And I will say no negative words about her. In fact, I will give no information about her.
6: But I
5: will. Uh, <laughs> not not tonight. I will. Ah,
6: jeez. We continue, mofos.
2: So you know, Brandon, you can you can drop off anytime if you'd like to. Thank you for being on the show. Or maybe Thank you for joined.
4: hosting your own show. Or co-hosting. All right, hosting guys, or co-hosting? I I am gonna run. Uh, I appreciate being on, and it was good to see everybody in the chat, and uh, hopefully, I will. Uh, be here next week. Uh, you What know, are you looking talk-
6: at?
2: Huh? What are you looking at, Brandon? She wants to know.
6: Oh, my goodness. No, no, I, I was
2: trying to see what oh. she was looking at on Craigslist. She likes random. I'm looking at Google. Oh, whatever. I'm, I'm halfway okay. up.
7: Okay.
6: Thank I'm you, Brandon. You. Yeah, exactly. You're and, an uh, idiot. We'll, we'll see you're, you next You're, week. Looking. you're the I, one that wants
2: to look porn all the time. Enjoy
6: the rest of yeah. your vacation. You're to use computer i to look porn. That's
2: not true. It is true. Well, what, porn, what porn does and Ken many, look at?
4: Many people have asked me, whether it's via Twitter or other means of social uh, communication, what the attentions of the show are going to be now with vowels leaving. And uh, I have my spokesman who's, I guess, going to give the best clarification uh, of, of where things stand. Todd, do you have it ready, please?
2: Yeah. Um,
3: we need a new – Hold on, hold on. We need a new I – mean, we, we'll sh- yeah, we, we need a Yeah,
2: we, we have a new direction for the show. And uh, a sub- Brandon, Brandon got a spokesman – who, who can people tell us have been, people have, have just can... been
4: asking me for for weeks now what I'm going to do and this is the best this is the best answer I can give them. I
3: remember Yeah, I think a female co-host for the show. Okay, quiet. Can't he, we're trying to listen, listen to the spokesman. Can't be quiet.
4: Yeah. I don't know.
1: But I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I have no recollection. I remember fall. one. All right. Sorry. One... I wound
6: all right. Up screaming in this my house. You know,
4: well, you guys ruin right. every bit we have here. This is a colossal, colossal clusterfuck. Godspeed, everyone. Okay. I'm, thank I'm you, Bradford. Glad I got to be on. I am late for dinner. My girlfriend's hungry. She's looking at me. I am going to enjoy the last day of my holiday, and I will see you all soon. Godspeed okay. and good night. All
2: right. You know, i right. thinking. We, we, we need a. Uh, we need a third co-host here. I was thinking of just appointing Howard
3: don't
2: as the permanent third co-host. At a party? Yeah, um, I met him at a party. Todd, why do you
1: need a third I, co-host? I think I just responded with something like, um, we need to provide this customer a good answer. And I
3: don't...
7: <laughs> Didn't that sound like a good co-host? I don't know, but why did the girl leave the show?
1: I don't know oh, why no. she left the I, show. I just don't know. For... For the for for you Ken, Kenawaki, I really don't even know. I don't.
2: Yeah, Howard doesn't know why she left the show. Okay, I guess it's, I guess we'll leave it at that. So so Howard uh, is, is Howard is Howard a duck or is Howard the duck? Howard, are you a duck or the duck?
1: Recall, I don't know that I ever saw
7: that email.
2: Hmm, He doesn't know.
7: <laughs> I still don't know what's worse Howard the Duck or Leonard Part okay, 6 or Tar. 10 that 80s movie
6: okay I'm, if you don't ask age I'm going to hang up the phone
2: I think he's acting his age he's
6: acting
2: 12 no 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 someone who's 12 wouldn't know Howard the Duck that was a 1986 movie anyway I'm probably going to get going Todd I got to get no I want you talk
6: about, about Genevieve and how and how you don't know who she is I'll make sure you never see
7: her again. Okay, okay, okay. She's just a girl I know who I kind of like, but we're just just friends, and and that's all I'm going to say.
2: Now, now Ken has actually offered Stephanie money in order to facilitate seeing this girl, Genevieve.
5: Yes.
2: Ken, is this true? I cannot
7: do that because I owe other people money, and I have obligations, and I have to pay my rent, and I just. Yeah, but Ken, Ken, let me tell you
2: something. A guy I know very well. Owed a lot of people money, and instead of uh, giving it to them, he spent it himself. Isn't that right, Howard? I don't know, but I. Yeah, so.
6: <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> wow. Hmm? Ken makes very good decisions.
7: I have a good heart.
2: Um, Howard, oh, do you think soul. you think if Ken spends enough money on Stephanie, allowing him to see Genevieve, do you think?
6: Todd, 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 Do you think you,
7: on, you think you think he's ever going to go get I, anywhere
2: I, with I, her? Oh,
6: oh, no, no, no. no Stephanie. I, I, I want to hear what he has I, to say. Shut up, God! I want to hear what he has to say. Go ahead. Yeah, um, oh, I love you. Thank you. Yeah, Howard. Stephanie, off.
2: wear the pants? Oh, hang on, hang on. Howard, do you think if Ken spends enough money no, 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 no. on getting Stephanie to keep Genevieve around? While he's over there, do you think that uh, Ken will eventually get laid? I don't know. Okay.
6: <laughs> he doesn't know.
7: No. All right. Anyway, I'm. 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 Gonna get, I got to get get home. Because, the money. Uh, Stephanie, money. Stephanie, I. I, the the I.
6: I. All right. Scott, sorry. What do you, Scott Friedman? Don't we'll say you have
7: personal <laughs> names on this show. Uh, hello. Ow. Ow. Ken. Ken. Ken.
6: I are going to add some
7: like information about poker and fraud. No, we're going to talk, talk about Janet. Gen- we're going to
6: talk about this Genevieve situation. Okay, this is a
7: really long call, and, and we're they, going to
6: discuss why you're obsessed with her. I,
7: I'm not obsessed with her. She's a friend, and that's that. That's it. Friend. That's that. Okay. That's that. I'm not. I'm not going to suffer through another five and a half year crush that goes nowhere.
2: So so I'm not. I, So, so Howard, do you think in the year 2018, Ken will still be talking about Genevieve? Howard?
1: I don't know. I don't know.
7: All right.
6: (laughs) He doesn't know. (laughs) Genevieve
7: is a girl I know. She's very sweet, very kind, very, very fiercely intelligent.
2: She's more beautiful
6: than Katy Perry.
2: Ken, didn't you say that she she walked on water? Didn't you actually, when there was water on the ground, didn't you say that uh, she could walk over it because she walks on water?
6: Yes. But yes. I don't want another
7: Colleen Sandland situation. I mean, Colleen situation. You know. Hmm. I don't. I'm not going to go through that Tell again.
6: Tell Todd you think she's more beautiful than Katy Perry. Tell him.
7: Oh, a yeah. girl? Yeah. She is more beautiful than Katy. You're the only
6: guy to would say that. She uh, would not even say that.
7: I don't think Katy Perry's cute to be. She has a fake,
6: cartoonish Remove face. Remove the fucking pics now. Do
7: you
5: understand? Get rid of it,
6: you fucking moron.
7: What what does that mean? I don't get it.
6: I know exactly why you're doing this, and you're doing this not other than to ruin my career and go back to 10. Well, that's not going to happen because there's going to be a lawyer involved, the police are going to be involved, and you are already being contacted by Google, so fucking remove it!
2: You know, Google never contacted me. That's not true.
6: She's a wonderful girl. I never
2: got contacted by Google.
6: I wish her the best. I heard she's still selling paintings. She has a new job. Ken wishes her the best, but she calls rape on Ken. Hmm. Seven cops showed up, had him in handcuffs.
7: I wish her the best. Stop
6: wishing her the best.
7: You know, Young Kipper's about forgiveness. Really? Really?
6: motherfucking cock-sucking fag. For you to ever say on that, you know, stupid radio show of yours, like most things you say don't make sense you're so fucking stupid narrow-minded and brainless to how fucking intelligent i am you are a stupid 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 little kid who thinks he's superior to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. because you did well on all your placement tests in high school and college as if that amount to any sort of you know artificial intelligence
2: she's right i don't have any artificial intelligence (laughs)
6: <laughs> well, I
7: have no comment on that girl I have no opinion <laughs> I, wish <you> the best. <laughs> I wish Colleen the best I, I, I think Colleen standlightart.com shows her new painting and Colleen is blogspot.com is a good blog but that's all I have to say mm. I wish her the best what
6: about the cat?
7: And I wish the cat the best. <laughs> Todd?
6: She's adorable. Hey, Todd? She's adorable. Yeah.
7: Todd, uh, yes. I know Kevin and Bean. I've served as Kevin and Bean. This show is no Kevin and Bean. You're
6: upsetting the cat.
2: Ken, why are you trying to put down this radio show? No, it's a good show. I just show. want to, it's want
3: on to let you know.
6: You sound like when you call up and heckle people for... You know, victimizing Ken. I mean, Ken puts himself in those situations based on his ulterior motives.
2: Yeah, Ken, you're putting yourself in this situation on this show based <laughs> on your ulterior motives.
7: How many recordings do you have of this call? I didn't even know you had all these. How, how many hours of recordings of, of Colleen sandland do you have?
2: Let's see. Let me let me count this up, uh, Howard. I, I once told you how many recordings I have. How many is that? I don't know. All right.
6: <laughs> Howard doesn't know. Yeah. Howard doesn't know a whole lot.
7: <laughs> I need a girlfriend. No,
6: that's never gonna happen. Where's your girlfriend, Ken? Where is she?
7: I don't know where she is right okay. now. Howard, where's your girlfriend?
2: Howard?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: Alright.
7: How long is this show gonna go on till?
3: I'll, I'll Get
2: Oh,
6: you damn close. I was just trying to talk I on really the phone, know, Stephanie. I'm break. Okay. That's okay. what I mean. It's like that's what I mean. You need to be hit in the head because you're so stupid.
7: I know, I know. I know, I know. I don't know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so this you know, people who are hearing this, this is actually how it goes every night when Ken goes over to visit Stephanie. I'm not kidding. This is like the normal uh this is the normal. I don't there. go there every night. Okay,
6: so what? No,
2: but this is not the an aberration. This is uh very interesting situation, to say the least. In many ways,
6: he, he's retarded. He's absolutely retarded.
2: <laughs> well, you've been visiting with him for eighteen years, though. Half your I life. No,
6: he's still. I know, I know. He's still retarded.
2: She, she's a nice girl, but we're just friends.
6: Oh, please! And I gotta ever have, please.
7: I gotta get going soon because I gotta catch like three buses home. I don't have my bus pass expires. So I kind I gotta beg for a couple rides,
2: you know. What? Your bus pass expired. Is that because you gave Stephanie all the money to see Genevieve? Wait, what? Did your bus pass expire because you gave all your money to Stephanie to see Genevieve?
7: No, I did not. My bus pass expired because I just haven't had time to buy a new bus pass. But I will get one very soon. Probably on my next check. All right. I hate begging for rides. It makes you feel like a bum.
6: You are a bum. That's
7: what Larry said.
2: Okay. Well, Ken, uh, thank thank you for being on the show. Uh, I think we're gonna end the call. I think it's uh, gone on long enough, and uh, I'll finish Uh, out. Do you
7: have any poker fraud news to break after I hang up?
2: Yeah, I do. That's why I'm hanging up on
7: you. Oh wow. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. I won't understand.
2: Okay. I'm sure you're not gonna listen, but uh, thank you anyway, Ken. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. That was Ken Scaler, everybody. An extended call with him and his friend Stephanie. and uh, not only that, I'm actually conversing right now with that Genevieve he was talking about uh, on Facebook as we do this show. So I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm doing several things at once. Maybe she will be on the show uh, at some point. Maybe even tonight. You never know. Um, for those of you that uh, listened to the Howard Letterer uh, interview earlier... I know we had some technical difficulties. It will be fixed by the time it's in the archives, and I apologize for the fail that occurred. Um, Let me tell you about a few uh, poker fraud-type things that have gone on for the last two weeks or so. Mentioned briefly last week that there is a very, very bad account hacking that occurred. Very, very bad. Uh... This was of an account called Gimmedat on Lock Poker. That's underscore g i m m e d a t underscore. Um, on poker table ratings, it shows it way 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 up, but apparently the, a lot of that is incorrect for some reason. I guess it has a bug on on poker table ratings. But he is a high stakes player. He posts on two plus two as Micah, and uh, this guy may be a great poker player. And may have a lot of money to play high stakes But he's not very computer literate or savvy Because this guy, uh, believe it or not Fell for one of the oldest tricks in the book He was talking to someone on AIM or Skype And they offered to send him a screenshot of something And they sent him an EXE file And they're like, hey, here's the screenshot, click on it He's like, "Oh, alright, EXE file, never heard of that You know, uh, It's usually JPEG or GIF or PNG, but I, I guess EXE is okay too. And he clicked on it. And it uh, allowed that person to see every key that he pressed. It was a key logger. They got his password to Lock Poker, And then that person went on his account. And $120,000 disappeared from Gimme Dad's account thanks to that key logger. Um, now one guy who won the money, because the money wasn't all transferred away, some of it was transferred away, and some of it was played, like the person just went and played high-stakes poker, they are like, oh, cool, I have this high-stakes account now, I'm going to go play high-stakes poker, so they played against an account named F. Whitney Doe, F-W-I-T-N-E-Y-D-O-H, F. Whitney Doe, and, uh... It appears that F. Whitney Doe had nothing to do with this. He just thought it was a regular high stakes match. And he won more than $55,000 from the fake Gimme Dat, from the person on Gimme Dat's account. Uh, Whitney will not give back the money. He says, tough luck. I don't care if the account was hacked or not. I thought it was a legitimate match. If they beat me, then they wouldn't be giving it back to me. So I'm not giving it back to the, you know, it's your business to protect your own account. I'm not giving it back because someone claims their account was hacked. Which I can see his point. I mean, imagine you play someone, you win a lot of money, and then they say, Hey, uh, my account was hacked, give it back to me. Like, how do you know that's not an excuse just to get the money back after a big loss? So, uh, even if you know it's true, uh, do you give it back? I I don't know. I mean, if it happened to me, I don't know what I would do. If if I was convinced, if I was 100% convinced it was an account hacking... I might feel bad for the guy and give it back. But if I had the slightest bit of doubt, I wouldn't, because I would never know if they're trying to trick me, if they're trying to free-roll me, to where if they beat me, they keep the money, and if they don't beat me, then they claim the account was hacked. So I I don't think this would happen here, but, uh, of course, it's impossible to know. Anyway, the weirdest subplot to this whole thing, because, you know, account hackings and people using the hacked accounts to play other high-stakes players just for fun is nothing new. In fact, that Steve the Pimp guy did this... uh, uh, a long time ago. It, it apparently was not Steve this time. But uh, the guy who runs the affiliate program that Micah, aka Gimme Dat, uses, you know, the, the one who uh, he gets his rake back through, somehow got a hold of the information of the hacker. I don't know how he did it, but uh, he got a hold of this guy's info. And apparently. And this is, of course, not verified, but this is what the affiliate claims. The hacker's name is Neil Schaefer in uh, Elm, Texas, and even has a cell phone number, and had a conversation with the hacker. And the hacker is portraying himself, this Neil Schaefer, as a kid who just kind of made a mistake. Like, like not not some guy who had some masterful plan to steal money, but just some... Punk kid who kind of made a mistake and regrets it. So l- listen to this transcript. This is from the hacker speaking to the affiliate who's on you know working on behalf of uh, Gimme Debt. Um, he says, uh, um, this is the affiliate says, we're moving forward to make sure you get what you deserve. Have a good day. And then the hacker says back, it's two here, please. Let's try to work it out because I guess he didn't answer by a certain deadline the affiliate said this isn't going to be a long way back and forth you need to work with us quickly then deal and then the guy says yes so he says give me the exact number of funds you got off the site obviously this is easily tracked as we have an entire army of people working closely with us what's the total amount and then the hacker said i sent 14k for 8k so he's claiming he did a trade with the account where he gave 14k to someone on some other site for 8k Or I guess fourteen K on lock of the stolen money for eight K on some other site. Uh, other was lost, then eighty K was lost to Whitney and and can that be recovered? So the affiliates had bag, well let's focus on the money you have in your possession. So you're saying you've only got eight K out of this whole thing. And he said, Yes, correct, via trade. He says, Wow, then you better work with us because eight K is definitely not worth it and he said i put 5k against him and profited 30k first then it was sick bs how he won the 80k so he's actually complaining he ran bad using the hacked account <laughs> and uh, then the affiliate asked do you have a bank of america or wells fargo near you we're going to give you a simple way to direct deposit the cash or cashier's check into his account no ties back to you and so then he writes back i'm still a good person at heart i just wanted something better in my life i really hope he can refi- revive refi- Revive those funds So what he's trying to say is uh, You know, my life is bad I just, I'm just, i a good person, I just made a mistake I hope he can get the rest of the money back So uh, Then he asked him again Do you have a Bank of America or Wells Fargo near you? And uh, if you have another way you'd like to send the money Let us know And then he said, I spent some of the money already And uh, He can give him $1,000 So uh, Then you'll like this part Where um, he claims he bought a car So the affiliate said Give me the name of the seller or dealership That you bought the car from Don't give me a BS answer or we're taking this to the next level You have two minutes to give me that information We can help you sell it back but you need to work with us And the hacker says I bought it from a Mexican guy named Martin so I wonder if he got it from Judonk And thought he was Mexican You know, Maybe he confused an Italian for a Mexican I bought it from a Mexican guy named Martin. I can sell it on Craigslist. I will get funds back. I may be able to send 5K back. Sorry, eating with my dad. So if I send that back soon, you guys will cut me slack? <laughs> so the conversation goes on. I'll post a link to it on my site. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But uh very entertaining. Unfortunately, they, they blocked the guy's phone number. Maybe the detectives on here maybe even I can do it but we gotta find this Neil Schaefer and try to call him it's a 214 area code cell phone number in Elm, Texas and, and somehow this affiliate got the number N-E-I-L Schaefer S-H-A-F-E-R in uh, Elm, Texas uh, 214 area code if we can get that number I'd love to call this guy he sounds like a real clown but uh, I also don't believe all the stories about the Mexican named Martin that he bought the $1,000 card from <laughs> I I, I do believe he probably Netted very little from this scam He probably did lose most of it to Whitney And then probably did make a trade Like 14k for 8k But I I have a feeling he got the 8k out In some way And just doesn't want to give it back Because that's probably all his money And this probably is just some punk kid So Anyway That's what's going on with that Uh, Locke isn't doing anything about it But you know, as, as many bad things I've said about Locke Before I actually Don't blame them for this one because, uh, you know, it's up to each person who owns the account to not allow it to get hacked. If you're an idiot and you click on an EXE file from a stranger and you get hacked and someone ends up losing your money to a legitimate player on the site, then so be it, you know? So be it. Uh, You can't expect the poker site to make good for it. You have to expect the poker site investigates for you and helps you finger the culprits, and works with you that way, but you can't expect them to re- refund you the money, and you can't expect them to force the guy who legitimately won it from someone who hacked your account to give it back to you. So I, I don't have any criticism for Locke here. I have the criticism for the idiot who let his account get hacked in such a way. You've got to know by now. If you're, if you're savvy enough to play online enough to run up over 100K on your account, you should be savvy enough to know you don't accept an .exe file through AIM. I mean, how stupid is that? So that happened. Uh, If you want to call in, 775 Fraud 55 or 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. Make sure to unblock your caller ID with star 82. Otherwise, you may not get through. Um, A little bit of action occurred this week regarding the gutshot.com situation. Gutshot.com is a site that is down. It's a merge skin, of all things, that's actually down. I've reported it previously on, I think, our episode three weeks ago. But Gutshot.com switched from iPoker to Merge in April. Suddenly there were cash-out difficulties. Uh, Everyone got stalled, and then the software went down, and they claimed it was because they were trying to update their client so it works on merge and they still haven't come back up and um, nobody can cash out so their money is stuck Uh, another site called PokerHuis.com P-O-K-E-R-H-U-I-S.com aimed at Dutch players Uh, it was bought by Gutshot that's also down they keep claiming that the software is going to go back up they're just working on software it's a bunch of lies it's a bunch of BS They're, they're down because they don't have a payment processor they probably don't have any money Uh, Gutshot.com mainly has UK players This does not affect US players They're not even allowed to play on Gutshot.com Even though it's uh, a skin on Merge Which is a US facing network Uh, Now the new part to this story Is that The Hendon mob This story has been ignored on 2 plus 2 For whatever reason I don't know why this is not getting action on 2 plus 2 Because it's pretty big in my opinion But uh, 2 plus 2 is ignoring this They're not censoring it They're just ignoring it So Someone started a, a thread about this on the thehendedmob.com. Now, a lot of you know the Hendedmob as the site where you can look up people's tournament results. And uh, they have a forum there too. But the posts keep getting deleted. They're deleting the posts about this Gutshot.com scam. I mean, it's, I, I can't believe this. They're, they're actually deleting posts from Gutshot from the Hendon mob about this whole situation um, now I guess there's a new post on gutshot.com itself claiming that the online poker room is back but uh, still nobody can cash out I haven't verified whether you can get back on there or not and there's a new post mm-hmm. over on the Hendon mob that says the following where somebody asked what happened to the other thread about gutshot.com someone made a new thread saying where to go And someone at the Hended Mob responded, saying There are terms and conditions of use of the Handed Mob website and forum. Some of the posts on this thread were considered to break the terms and condition and as there were many posts and replies quoting these, it was just easier and quicker for the whole thread to be moved. You're free to discuss the most things here, including the gut shot, but within certain guidelines. What the hell does that mean? So, you're not allowed, apparently, on the Handed Mob to bring up the fact that gut shot is cheating people. And not cashing anything out And stalling people for months since April For some reason that's Breaking the terms and conditions Of the Hinden mob Furthermore And I guess we have to get back to the Whole thing about the Mexican named Martin Because Now we're going to talk about the country of Curacao The country of Curacao Actually turned Down Gutshot for a license They actually can't get a license It says uh, It's suspended So they're in big trouble on Gutshot And for some reason the Hended Mob is covering it up Claiming terms and conditions Crap People still can't cash out So I guess it doesn't matter if the client's up or not Now, you know, if uh, If the client is up In fact, I'm going to go there right now Gutshot.com If the client is up, I have a suggestion for people I have a good suggestion Let us see is the client up? Let's see. Play poker now. It says download. Can you download? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's downloading. All right, I'm I'm downloading the Gutshot client as we speak. Hopefully, it's not messing up the uh, broadcast. I I just downloaded the Gutshot client. Here's my suggestion to anybody with a Gutshot account. Find a friend who's on the Merge Network. Who is willing to allow you to dump chips to him. Now, of course, you have to do it in a convincing fashion. Don't uh, lose every hand to the guy. But you know, find someone who's a regular player on Merge, who you could play heads up, get on the phone with him, tell him your hand every time, and come up with a plan on some realistic chip dumping. And then let that person cash out. And they can pay you whatever they want from you. Maybe give them a little money for their trouble. There you go. You get your money off Gutshot. It's the only way you're going to get your money off this crappy site. Very unlikely you'll ever get paid. I suggest that you dump your chips in an intelligent fashion and hope it works out. Maybe not do it all at once, maybe do it to a few different friends and uh, just make it look very, very real to where no one will suspect anything. And do it to a player who, at whatever stakes they normally play, like, like find someone, for example, who normally plays twenty forty Limit or ten twenty limit or whatever and and sit with him heads up. And this way he has a good defense. Hey, I didn't know. I don't even know who this guy is. He just sat with me and played me heads up and I killed him. And uh don't make it look stupid, you know, if you've got top pair, don't fold on the flop if he flops a set, you know, sort of thing. Make it look real, but but definitely chip dumps. The only way you're gonna get your money off there. Yep site could probably help you out. Yep site uh He's an expert chip dumper um, Sometimes he doesn't always get his money When he dumps chips to people For example, uh, he dumped chips to Willie And Willie stole But uh, he still knows how to do it So I suggest if you have money On gutshot.com Contact the website Ask him how to convincingly chip dump And ask him for some tips To avoid a repeat of the Willie stole situation But really, I mean really dump your chips off of gutshot I, I would totally do that Anyway, um, and of course, when the person sends you the money back, make sure that it's someone you can trust to actually send you the money, and make sure that if they do, they send it cash in envelope, so there's no way to trace it. <laughs> Just kidding about that last part, but you know, if they're willing to send cash in envelope, what the hell. Cash and envelope is always best. So uh, those are some things going on this week in the uh, poker community. I spent most of my time Doing this whole Howard segment Which uh, I liked I, You know, it's funny Because last week Everybody gave us Such a good response Everybody really enjoyed it And I figured Okay, if everybody liked Last week so much I'll do, I'll do the other Five parts this week And, and this week uh, I was looking in the chat room I know we had Some technical difficulty But for some reason This week uh, People kind of felt It was old hat they, they felt it was Something they didn't feel Like hearing about anymore I think I I think I lettered them out Last week They didn't want to Hear more letterer So Alright! No more letterer, unless something notable happens. We will go back to the usual sort of features on here. Uh, Next week we will call up Dave, the former partner of uh, Doug Beatty from The Howard Stern Show, and uh, hear about a lot of his wacky antics in the past. This is someone who's dated a number of celebrities. This is someone who toured with Sam Kitteson when he had his comedy tour. This is someone who was on Howard Stern all the time And yeah, a lot of wacky stories A lot of really funny stuff And, and a character too Not just some boring guy who's going to tell you some stuff he did 20 years ago But uh, really interesting guy And uh, we'll see We'll see what we do next week Brandon is back on the show As you've all heard All you conspiracy theorists who thought that uh, Brandon and I weren't friends anymore Or that uh, we were covering something up Or he left the show now you can all eat your words, because the only scandal that has occurred through this show is me pretending the things are live that really aren't. In fact, you don't even know if I'm live right now. I might be, I might not be. It's a big mystery. It's a big mystery. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm reading in the chat room that Willie McFML is going to sue me. And, and this is someone who's who's often been in my corner in, in a lot of the recent uh, disputes I've had with uh, other business partners and things like that this is someone who's spoken on my behalf a number of times but uh, Willie McFML said Dref how could you and said that he might contact an expert contact uh, contract attorney probably going to sue me for accusing him of stealing but you know Willie it's not that I have anything against you it's just that Young Yebsite is just such an unimpeachable character. Yebsite is someone... He's the salt of the earth. I mean, if, Webse- if Yebsite says that you stole, you must have stolen. By the way, uh, this is from Bobby Orr in the chat. I, I don't know this to be true, but it probably is because Bobby Orr is a pretty reliable guy. He said, Poker Stars is going to pay all rest of the world players in November. So if you're not in the U.S., you can apparently cash out your full tilt money through PokerStars in November. About U.S. players, I don't know. But uh, that is from Bobby Orr in our chat, and I thank him for that. And um, now, what about the U.S. players? I have to ask my co host what do you think is going to happen? Like, when are we going to get our money from Full Tilt if we're in the U.S.? We, we heard about the rest of the world, but what about the rest of the world? Like, what about the U.S.? Well, what about it?
1: I don't know. Again, I just don't.
2: Hmm. All right. You sure? Like, are we going get it, like, December, January, February? Oh no. You sure? I don't know. Come on. You must know something. Like, you ran it.
1: Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question.
2: Hmm. All right. Worth asking. You know, they didn't hire me to go through Full Tilt Records to decide who gets paid what. I was very insulted that they didn't hire me. And uh, someone's asking in the chat, how can an alias name sue for libel? You know, since Willie McFML is not really his name how can he sue me? Well, first of all, he he can't sue me for libel because it was spoken. It was actually slander. But, Willie, he's such a famous character on the internet that uh, people know him better as Willie McFML than his real name. So, I think, in this case, Willie probably could sue me and he might be able to win. But my ace in the hole is that I'm very difficult to serve. Because the only way you know I'm going to be somewhere is the World Series. And that's not until May, late May. So until late May, I'm at so many different secret locations that there's no way to locate me to serve me. It's just too damn hard. So if Willie wants to serve me at the World Series, he's welcome to. But uh, until then, good luck. You're not going to get me. I'm just going to going to hide out i'm not going to be like chris ferguson and go all over town and let people see me everywhere after i cheat them you know i'm going to hide in secret locations because i know that willie is after me with a lawsuit and i'm not going to let him do it um, bad guy's asking how do i get a hold of bovada's pay- payout department they won't let me cash out western union only check fucking things take two weeks well bad guy, I would call them for you. I once called Bovada, or actually Bodog, for Neverhebe, and did a good job for him on this show. Not really this show, but a previous radio show I was associated with. So if you'd like to call in right now, I will call them and get them on the phone. Uh, You will have to give your real name, unfortunately, and you will have to give them the other identifying information, like your city you were born and your mother's maiden name. But... If you're willing to have that stuff out there, I mean, you let me know your mother's name, you let me prank all your mother, so it couldn't be that private. All right. Yeah, bad guy won't let me do that on air. He's saying in chat, uh, can't do that on air. But you know what? Since I'm so big on recorded segments recently, maybe we can call them up on a recorded segment and I'll just bleep that part out and then people can hear me save you from a customer service standpoint and get them to pay you. And then maybe you can buy Immaculate a new purse with the money. Immaculate is his mother. People are asking who just arrived into the chat, was I alone this week? No. Brandon joined me for part of the show, but he had to leave, but he'll be back next week. Very glad to have Brandon back. Vowels. She's not coming back for quite some time, but happy to have Brandon. Of course, we had Kent Scaler and Stephanie on tonight. And we have some other characters that we'll bring onto the show in the future. You never know. You never know. So, uh, I thank everybody for listening. It's going to be a little while to get the archives up. I'll get it up tonight, but it'll be a little while because uh, I have to correct some technical failure that occurred. And... Uh, I'd like the archives to sound better than today's live show did, because today's live show had a lot of problems. And I like looking like in the archives where we have most of our listeners that I know what I'm doing. Anyway. You know what that music means. It means we're at the end of our program. There's two minutes left. And I'd like to thank everybody for joining me live and putting up with all the fails at the beginning i like to thank Brandon for coming back. I'd like to thank Ken Scaler and Stephanie for providing a very entertaining time here. Who was that mystery caller from Alabama who called in? Yes, that was Slim T. Believe it or not, Slim T called into the show. I took his call, and uh, he and Brandon have made up. Everything's cool, as you may have heard on Brandon's solo shows here. Next week, Brandon will be back. Vowels won't be. We'll introduce you to our new character, Dave. And it'll be a completely live show, I promise. No recorded segments. Everything live and direct, as it happens, good or bad, fail or gold. It will be live. Anyway, this is Todd Dandruff will Tell us. I started alone, I ended alone but I had someone with me in the middle and that's that's how life is. You're born, you're alone, you have no friends and you die and a lot of times you're alone too but as long as you have friends in the middle, as long as you have people there for you during the part of your life that really counts then you've lived a successful life and you can be proud of your existence. I want to let you guys know there will not be a show two weeks from now. From today, but not two weeks from today. So, just letting y'all know that. But I'll be back after that. But mark it on your calendar. Tuesday, October 9th is yours and yours alone. Thank you for listening. Brandon, during the whole show, will be there next week. And I have nothing more to say. I'm done. I'm out of here. Thank you for
3: listening. Happy Yom Kippur.